Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap. So I had to break it down The whole network, man, we coming for the crown Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Um, just coming back from vacation, uh, celebrating my anniversary, and uh, it's been a year. Uh, so I was in Boston over the weekend and had a very good time, actually. So, um, yeah, man, just uh, ready to do some One Nation Radio. I'm all caught up on the wrestling as well. Uh, checked out Rampage um, earlier today, as well as the Stardom show. So we got you know, a lot coming uh, on that. And um, besides that, man. Not much. What's up with you? Um, same. Like I, uh, I watched Rampage today. I did not watch it Friday because I was um trying to get myself some sleep before I watched the Stardom show. Uh, they kind of they kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, this time around, it wasn't at like four a.m. or three a.m. It started at midnight. Hmm. And I was like, and I didn't realize it until like I was about to go see. Was like, oh damn. Well, I just got like. And I hadn't slept for like two days because I was trying to finish out that column and I just couldn't sleep. Plus, like, I was sleep deprived, so I couldn't like put the words together and it was hard. And then, like, it took me forever to finish it. I put it, I put it up, I got it put up literally like as the show was starting. <laughs> as the show was starting, I got up. Yes, uh, that's right, man. James but, made his, his, his column debut. Oh, Lord. Uh, I've, I've been trying to get this man to write forever. This man finally, you know, what made you do it? So, I was actually telling someone about this um, on 
Saturday. I figured that someone would write the write this column, right? And I kept looking at the places where it would naturally come from, and I never saw the column. I'm like, damn, it's Tuesday. Where's the column? Damn, it's Wednesday. Where's the column? I don't see any put up. And then um, by the time I got done talking to Imp on, um, I got done talking to Imp, and I was like, in the middle of the show, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to say it that I'm going to do the uh, on the podcast with Imp. I was like, I, I said it on there like, so just to say, I'm going to I'm going to write the column, therefore now I have to. I can't just all of a sudden, like, oh, it never shows up. So, so once I put myself in the pressure, I was like, fuck, I actually have to write this thing. So then I tried to figure out how to how to put it together in a way that flow show like their paths and then get there because it's a four-year story or three and a half year or damn near four-year story. And I'm just like, all right, how do I do this? So then, uh, I just I just uh, started cranking the thing out, and you know I already knew I I knew what I wanted to say for the most part. The problem is like it's trying to organize it in a way that like uh, someone that could read it does not like um, that doesn't watch stardom, mm-hmm. um, and do it concisely. What I have to feel like I'm just exposition dumping you with a million things. I think I probably still did that, but at least it was like stuff that I felt like was important. Um, so. It just came out, and I just, and then, like, I couldn't sleep, and then it got, that's, like, lost, I, you know, I got more and more tired, I was like, I can't put words, what word are those, what are words, like, it was just one of those, like, I couldn't, and then I got to a point, like, okay, I have my, uh, I have my, uh, my track of, uh, the, the, what the white belt, why it's so important to Tam, and what she went through to get to it, and then I got to a point where I was like, how do I finish this thing off? Like I know how to finish, but I was like, how do I connect it? And then mm-hmm. I, I um I was able to do that, but I was just like, it was hard. And that, like the fact that I had no sleep made it even harder. And then like once I got it, once I got done, um, I uh, you know I was going to have uh, Jeremy posted obviously, but Jeremy was you know busy man on a Friday night putting in work <laughs> in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> So, Shout out so, to Jeremy. So he could he could get to it. So I was like, damn, I really just finished this thing. And I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I didn't it didn't get up. You know, I'm just gonna send it this to man I'm gonna was send, gonna quit. I'm gonna send it to you stupid. No, I, I finished it. I was like, I'm gonna send it to Rich, obviously. I sent it to you before I even uh hit up Jeremy about it. And then like, you know what, it's not gonna get up, it's never gonna make the cut anywhere, whatever it is, what it is. Let me send it to JML, let me send it to um, Armand, or Niagara, Dra- uh, Niagara, Niagara Driver, um, Armani Shoes, it changes a thing, but Niagara Driver, originally. And I was like, alright, let them read it, because, you know, and they both, like, really responded to us, I was like, alright, I don't know. And then, um, I think it was JML was like, hey, like, why don't you just, do you talk to Voice of Wrestling? Have, like, Richard or, or, or Lanza put it up. And I was like, well, I met Lanza once, like in, t- in New York for uh, WrestleMania weekend, but like that's the most I do. I, I never interact with him on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I, and then I was like, you know what? I know Rich has a column up uh, for a couple, a couple months ago or whatever else. So like maybe if you know he'll facilitate, and then sure enough, you was on your you know you know, <laughs> you know your, your Magic yep. Johnson shit, and um end up going up. Um so so yeah, like uh you know I. I don't know if it, if it, it came out earlier, more people would have saw it, whatever else, but it is what it is. It came out when it came out. Um, people liked it that, that I saw read it. Uh, so, 
that's, that's cool. awesome man um where can everybody find it like make sure you put a link to it and let them know like the name of it because okay. people can still read it so yeah, I, I, yeah. I suggest especially like uh, if you watch that video package it's kind of like the same thing <laughs> uh video package oh you mean the, in the um for, intro or yeah. for the match before mean? the match yeah oh, yeah kind of yeah kind of um yeah, so yeah, I'll do that. I'll put the link in the description for it or whatever else. It's, uh, I could when I wrote it, I didn't have a I had my title in mind. I was like, I know most people when they write or whatever else, like people come up with the headlines for them, and then you were like, you better make that shit up. I was like, I ain't got none, bro. I I, <laughs> I don't. And then you were like, I made a joke about like, you mean to tell me I'm writing all this out? Like this isn't the main event. This is the main event. Get the fuck out of here. And then you're like, well, that should be the title. Like this isn't the main event? Question mark. And um. We went with, I went with that. Just off the strength of you, like, may as well. That's better than nothing else. I was like, huh, all right. Um, how much, oh, like, I don't think I'm ever going to do writing again unless something else happens, but uh, the death so about it, like, that. More I don't know how y'all do Storylines to, to culminate, you know. I don't, I don't know how y'all do that. Like, I know this, obviously, like, writing is similar to, like, you know, working out. Like, you got to, you know, keep it. Just gotta practice. Yeah, you gotta practice, keep it up. But I'm like, nah, bro. That's that. I never want to do this again. Like, I wrote six. Was it sixteen hundred words? Look, or seventeen hundred words, something like that. Imagine writing a hit piece or something. Oh my god. <laughs> no thanks. Like, like uh, when I was kneecapping Hulk Hogan like twice a month. That was great for for them couple a couple weeks. Oh man. Um. But yeah, man. Uh. Yeah, definitely, y'all check that that out and uh keep sharing it and all that stuff let's try to keep it in circulation but um yeah man um fury versus wilder happened this weekend part three and tyson fury once again uh with the big knockout in the 11th round um someone's gonna have to show me somebody that could beat this man or could have ever beat this man like this man fury is not a joke and wilder like took ungodly punishment uh, throughout this fight. He is a man, as they say. Um, and it's, it's amazing that he's six foot seven, 230, and he's the little guy. Like, <laughs> trying to fight this dude, Tyson Fury, who is 6'9", 280, will box you, will knock you out. Uh, and he, he has amazing heart that, like, you don't ever see how many times this man got off the canvas like in, in this like trilogy like think it's over no like i'm back you know fourth quarter i'm back <laughs> yeah um i think the most impressive thing about um the third fight was i think this was the most punishment either one of them took in either match um to be quite honest with you like i think that um i think wilder took more punishment in this match than he took in the second match and I think that, um, obviously, uh, this is the most damage that uh, Tyson Fury ever took in e- in any of the first two matches. Not even close. And I don't know what happened. I don't know why um, Wilder was able to land uh, at this rate compared to uh, the prior two matches. I don't know. But they were throwing bombs. And... Like, it was ugly at times, and it looked disjointed at times, because, you know, Wilder, when he misses, he misses bad. Like, he's a wild swinger. And, um, well, I don't know if he's a wild swinger, but he, he's wild if missing punches. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was it was just, like, it was 
I didn't even start to watch this match. I was this fight because I was like, man, like well, Fury just gonna beat him again. And I decided like once the once um he told me that the the it was either you or Kirby told me that they were coming out for the for the uh the walkouts and I was like, all right, let me go let me go find this thing and go watch it and man um. I'm glad that I, you know, I I didn't was able to get a stable uh, a stable viewing situation until like the second round, but um, I'm glad that I did because like that was a blast. It's one of the best like boxing fights I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it just was. Yeah, like these guys. You talk about emptying the gun. This was like this is one of the best fights I've ever seen. Also, and it's just looking like. Fury's just an all-time guy. Like, I Andreas Hale, I believe, was like, hey, it's time to start talking about, like, you know, his all-time stuff. And I know that he doesn't have, like, the deep resume of everyone else, but, like, what he does have is he fucking ended that Klitschko fucking shit that went on for a decade. Um, <laughs> he also got uh, Deontay Wilder the fuck out of here uh, twice in a row, and then some would argue a third time. Um, the first time, they, they went at it. Um, well, I mean, the first time they the first time they fought, like Fury, like won all but like two rounds. Yeah, like he, he's consistently outstruck him in every fight, like doubled, tripled him up. Uh, I, well, this is one thing I'll give um, I'll give Wilder is that we still we still do in judge boxing like. Like as a stat sheet, as opposed to like how we do in MMA, where we're like we're using the context of what the blows represent in the context of the blows. Like mm-hmm. these matches are a lot closer if these were if these were judged under like MMA like violence and striking and damage uh, um, um, judging. So so he does have that like cause you know he's dropped him with some fucking bombs like the one he knocked him down with when he was fucking like he was fucking dead in um, the first fight was just like unbelievable that's like one of the hardest I've ever seen that's like about the hardest I've ever seen anyone get hit ever maybe and he just got up like the fucking Undertaker right yeah. or Mayu Itani but <laughs> um, <laughs> or Kodo Ibushi but uh but yeah like so you know like I Wilder. think I think he deserves more respect than we're giving him like I think that like I would love to see him, you know, fight some of the other guys aside from Fury and see where he ranks, where he, you know, goes after that. Because, like, there's also something to be said about, like, his jaw. Because he, you know, I don't think necessarily Fury is a necessarily, necessarily for a heavyweight, a weak puncher. But he's hit him with some, some you know, some dead to rice punches. And, like, he's ate them and kept going. And it has withstood a lot of punishment. So I wonder, like, what it would look like if he were to fight some of the other guys. Like, obviously, you know, Josh or whatever else. But, um, you know, who knows what Josh went now because he's out here getting beat by people with bad physiques. But Like, so, Anthony Joshua yeah. making dudes famous, making dudes household names out yeah. here. Um, but I would just like to see, like, I don't think – I think that Fury, or Wilder has – has um performed well enough in fights uh or in from a punishment taking the punishment standpoint of of two and three to where you could say that like especially in three that you could say like he should still be a money fight guy mm-hmm. with the right person so you know we'll see where this goes like I don't think he's done like yeah he'll never be, he'll never draw again on a pay per view I think he should still be a pay per view guy like there's a reason that. Carl Malone and John Stockton don't have NBA championships. 
because Michael Jordan was on the other side. Like, there's a reason that Deontay Wilder is not the world champion. It's because Tyson Fury was on the other side. Like, you know, on a lot of nights, uh, he he would get the job done. But like, Tyson Fury is like something else. Like, he's an animal. He's a bear. He's a uh, he's light on his feet. He like, and the thing is, that's impressive. I think about Wilder is like. This isn't anything Wilder didn't know. He didn't go into this um, fight under some grand delusion, despite what he, I think he put out in public as far as all the excuses. The cappery. Yeah, the and cabbage, all that shit. The like, capperation. Deep down, he knew the truth that he was not better than this guy. And he couldn't do shit with him the first two fights, really. And he still walked in there and gave it his all. Like, um, I think there's something to be said for that. But, like, Tyson Fury's like, you got to find me somebody in the rich history of boxing that would have whooped that man's ass. I don't know who it is. Like, you want to talk about Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali was 210 pounds. Too small. Like, too small. I'm sorry. They're all too small. Too small. Like, <laughs> too small. Like, like, I guess the best, I guess the best person you can come up with would probably be like Lennox Lewis. That's yeah, it. Lennox Lewis is probably what you're looking at. And Doesn't it feel wrong to have to call him Lennox as, as, as opposed yeah. to Lennox after we've called him Lennox for like our entire lives and you're like, oh yeah, it's actually Lennox. It's like, Lennox. can't you just give us this one? Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. The, what were you like, saying about Lennox? Lennox. Yeah, like, Lennox. Like, yeah. I, I think Lennox, like you would, you would have to look at him, I think, but like there's no... Um, him, Fury losing his focus in the ring, like he might lose his focus out the ring, but in the mm-hmm. ring, like he's there's no Hasim Rahman like mm-hmm. um, style knockout or anything like that. Like, um, I don't know, man. It you know, and I I like Fury for like all the stuff he kind of like he's vocal about. Uh, I like him for the the fact that he talks a bunch of shit, so he's entertaining. Um, yeah, and you know. Uh, Wilder didn't give him the handshake after the match, and you know they still got some between them. But hopefully, they can uh, make peace one day with whatever the fuck they need to. As far as like, uh, you know, you know how the boxing rivalries I, are. I think like, they will eventually because they'll go get together and be like, "We made a whole lot of money. <laughs> we made a whole <laughs> lot of money." So uh, you know, like even you know even Tyson and Holyfield have came together, and like once you bite my ear, dog, I, I you know. I, I want to take it to the trunk on you. So, yeah. uh, I brought my parts of my ear off saying they, even they have, uh, over time, you know, came back together. Obviously Tyson's in a whole different, um, space than he was then at a the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, over time they'll come together and I think there'll be, I think there'll be, you know, good documentaries over this thing. Cause like we, I mean, when's the last time we had a heavyweight trilogy like this? Shit. Not in our lifetimes. Nah, like nothing in the two thousands. I can tell you that <laughs> in the like twenty tens. Like, it I'm, I mean, what would you have like Bowen and Holyfield? That might be it. Bowen Holyfield. That, that might be it. Tyson yeah. and Holyfield. They only but Tyson twice. Holyfield was like one side, and he whooped his ass, yeah. and it wasn't nearly that entertaining. Except for the only thing, we, and people only remember is like he bit his fucking ear off or parts of his ear off. And also with Fury, we've seen how it how it goes in the ring for him when it's not going well. Like there's no like, hey, uh, the, you know, or of invincibility that's shattered with Fury. It's like, yo, it can go wrong, but he can come back. And, right? Yeah, man. Like somebody got to show me. That's all I'm saying. And, like, <laughs> and I think the one thing that was so like incredible about um, the effort that uh, Wilder gave is like 
that dude for big stretches of that match had nothing in the tank. He had nothing. And I remember uh, sending a message to y'all. I was like, maybe like six rounds in, seven rounds in, eight rounds in after, you know, they were getting the clinches after like one, you know, one or two punches getting the clinches and Fury just leaning on him and leaning on him and leaning on him and dropping his head into him like, you know, like so just like, you know, just like a just like a, a ball head a boxer would do. Right. Um, and I was just like, bro, he ain't got, he ain't got 12 rounds at, at this level. He does not have 12 rounds of him. And he didn't go down until 11, which was impressive. I thought he was finna, I thought he was finna go down a few times, uh, earlier. Like before we even got to like round eight, I thought he was finna go down for the count. Um, so I was, you know, it was really impressive. He was a, he was and, a way different fighter after. And you can round. argue, given some of them, uh, them knockdown counts, uh, the first two, like he should have got him out of there. He didn't really make a regular ten count. Yeah, you could make like, you could make easily make that I, argument. I, th- I think the ref definitely um, looked another way, <laughs> looked the other way a little bit. Yeah. So uh, for all that, Fury, oh, Wilder almost won. So uh, make sure like to not do like the jokes are funny, right? But also realize what exactly you're saying because this is like another guy that's like possibly an all-time great who knows boxing is very hard to quantify who, like that who but hits he's one of the best heavyweights of this he's ever. one of the best heavyweights of this era like you're gonna have to talk about like foreman ernie shavers something like that ken that's norton? the class you're talking about ken norton like seriously ribs. who hits harder than him like, I, I think he's harder than anyone has a, ever like he has a right hand that is just the right hand of god like <laughs> his, the right hand his, of god his right hand is like Omar's shotgun. It's putting you down. Like <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I think that's it for, for, for that. But um we have um AW this week, um along with SmackDown. Um they're gonna be head to head. Um SmackDown is going to FS one this week, so uh, you know, in going to FS1, they've decided to load up and also extend because they really do not want to lose um, to Rampage. I don't think they were going to lose to Rampage anyway, but they have decided to um, basically sure? move over to FS1. They have to change channels. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not I've sure. I've seen you some know, FS1 say- numbers in previous times and they have sucked. They've sucked, but I, I think the, the reach is a little bit like further they've got the bigger star power especially like with what wwe is going to do for this week as far as like trying to load it up and they're doing no commercials in that half hour i mean like they're they're doing all the underhanded dirty tricks but you also gotta account for the fact that like fs1's reach compared to and households compared to like tnt's so there's also that that's offset like maybe maybe i we'll see i don't know what's on rampage this week um, I you know, I, what exactly is on uh, SmackDown this week? So they're doing Sasha versus Becky. They're doing Brock, um, possibly uh, both in those half hours. Um, they okay. they're also doing Finn Balor and Cesaro, I believe. They have they have a couple matches lined. This is all in a half hour. What the hell did they put on the two hour show? Well, no, it's like the okay. Okay. like they haven't told us, but we know what's going to be in oh, the last okay. part. It, like it's going to be Sasha and Becky and Brock. All in that half hour, and probably Roman. Um, so, like in response, like to this, like I mean, basically, it's still TK a third is, hour. Yeah, yeah, it's still a in third re- hour, and it's still Friday. It is still you know FS1 and not TNT. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. 
in response to all of this, TK decided to like drum up uh, basically the you know fan the flames and and rile the base and saying I've been looking forward to, to beating your your number one show. Um, you know it's on. Essentially, we ain't backing down. We here. Um, they don't have like some super card lined up, but Rampage is live next week. Um, so it's going to be Punk versus Matt Seidel, I believe. They're going to have a couple more matches. I'm, I'm not sure of the matches that they have, but it's not some blowaway card or anything. But I think they just – he's tried to rally everybody, and um, I don't think they're going to win um, as far as, like, uh, the demo and all that. Just I, I just feel like SmackDown, like, has, like, too much behind it. Like, But anything can happen. Um, I, I love what TK did. TK – came out here and, and got people really upset. Like, I think people got a, like, like people were woke, woken up just like, like waking up the next morning, seeing this and wanting blood as far as like people that don't like Tony Khan, um, immediately just, just in meltdown mode. Just the fact, the gall that they would dare mention oh. WWE, like what did they all not get? Like this, like all this shit is like, so soft to me like as far as like people pearl clutching and like not wanting people to have smoke like you're watching wrestling y'all want some we are the world shit go elsewhere like (laughs) start listening to rap right you want some we are the world shit you know pull up you know aids in africa relief songs like like go somewhere else like this is like from the the day AEW opened wwe has had them in the crosshairs like and it's okay to admit that. And it's okay to say AEW's like, yo, we're trying to take them out or at least compete. I think AEW was a little bit – I some of the language they, they use, I wish they would lean more into this energy. Like when they're talking about, oh, it's just an alternative and all this other shit. It's like, no, man, nobody's coming out here to be number two. Like, you know, somebody – like – they clearly want to do great shows. They do great shows. Mm-hmm. They already are competing quality wise, or I wouldn't even say competing. They're smashing them quality wise. But oh, ever the, since they basically like gave up on a uh, on on NXT, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's just like I don't know, man. Like I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the discourse because I, you know I I love seeing it and I, I love when TK you know flexes like this and it's like. It, it fires all. It makes all the right people angry and fires up everybody else. <laughs> um. Yeah, like I, I, at this point for me, it, I roll my eyes and just move on. Like it's not something I'm gonna spend much of a time on. Like you know, I, it's not something to really get mad about. It's like he's not. I you know I don't think he's going over the over the line, right? Like I think him talking about um. Oh, I'm sorry. CM Punk. Uh, that's, this is before CM Punk was actually AEW when he was out here giving it to Miz. Uh, was it last year or something like that? About him sucking a, told him to go suck a a, a blood money tip dick or something like that. I was like, all right, that's too far. Relax, bro. Don't go. You don't need to come out here and tell this dude to suck a dick. What the fuck's wrong with you? But um, yeah, I think like what the fuck's wrong with you, CM Punk. Uh, but um, yeah, as far as that, you know, I'm kind of numb to it. As far as I'm throwing shots at WWE, I. I 
you know, for me, I think it would be more fun if, like, if WWE was throwing shots back, but, like, they don't want to do that to acknowledge their existence, except for, like, you know, put a show on to run the opposition against it and stuff like that. Like, it, it you know, they're talk, they're kind of, like, you know, they're doing and saying opposite things, right? But, um... The, the energy never matches the actions. Like, yeah. these people come out here, like, and I think... What was they, the story about Liv Morgan recently? Uh, I believe she was, like, tweeting with Britt Baker online. Yeah. And then, like, her stands were trying to tell her not to do that because they thought that Liv Morgan's push would get ruined. I'm like, what are you people watching? Oh, God. They have told you repeatedly they do not give a fuck about this woman. Yeah. Have you watched the Live Forever app or documentary? No. I know you have because I've watched it. It's... Nothing but dysfunction, chaos. They don't know what's going on minute to minute. Her best friend wrestles for AEW now. Everyone in wrestling knows each other. But how dare this this poor woman use Twitter to, to you know, like a normal person. But y'all psychos come out here and think this is going to ruin something as if you haven't seen the card in the show you love ruin everybody else Liv Morgan wasn't getting pushed for years before Twitter and she was on there with, with Ruby and AEW Liv was never getting pushed she's getting her matches yanked from the pre pay-per-view and put on the pre-show Yeah, she's losing in 90 seconds to Carmella what hey man gotta hold on hope gotta hold on hope well, you don't have to, Hope but, is but one people thing. are. Delusion is another. <laughs> it's a thin line. Yes. It's a thin line. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I just, uh, look, everybody has, everybody has their favorites or whatever else, if anything they watch. And I just think that if you feel the need to go online to tell people how to behave online to then protect their careers, I, I think that like you you're sending that energy towards the wrong people. It should be it shouldn't be that Liv more needs needs to like behave a certain way so that she won't get punished. It needs to be like this toxic workplace that we're in needs to not be toxic. So therefore, like some people can like kind of like be at like at like it's a normal job and not like treason. Like that's kind of how I'm, that's kind of mad on it. It's like she didn't betray. Especially once I saw the uh, the thing that uh, the Dang or Brian Danielson uh, posted about how like someone was hitting him in his inbox talking about like, what what was the quote? I can't remember exactly. He's like I hope you die. Uh, yeah, that's yeah that I, uh, yeah yeah yeah. It wasn't. I, I was thinking. I was making sure. Like, wait, I don't remember exactly being a threat. Like, I'm going to kill you. But it was like, I hope you die. That's what it was like. This is wild wild times, man. Wild times. Um, but yeah, I just uh. I just don't. I get it. I get why it happens. Um, from the from that perspective, I get why it happens with the TK stuff, why it riles people up or whatever else. But for me, you know, like all, y'all can talk all that shit all you want to. What these shows in for? Like that's what it all comes down to. And you know, for all the shit people um don't like about Tony Khan and as far as you know, in the Young Bucks or Omega or whoever else, Cody. Uh, or CM Punk especially talking about like WWE negative light 
when the lights come on, the cameras come on, and it's 8 o'clock or it's 10 o'clock, they go out there and get 40. <laughs> you know? So it's like, at least they're backing the shit up. It'd be, it, imagine that kind of hell it'd be if they were still talking this kind of shit and they was, you know, it was out here, you know, not being good, not being PWG worthy after talking about how PWG only does X, Y, and Z. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's, it's weird. It's weird. I, I get it, but it's kind of like for me, it's one of those things like I've learned to kind of just look at it, see it for, for that and kind of like move on and not really pay too much attention to it, for, uh, to it. Uh, but TK, I don't know, maybe he's, you think any chance he's doing this kind of like detract from like what's happening with his football team? <laughs> maybe. Um, Urban Meyer had a hell of a weekend. Um, How long ago was that? Was that last weekend? I believe that was last week. Um, even, we even touched about it. Real yeah. quick, real quick, real quick. Hey, man, what Herb doing, bro? <laughs> what Herb? This is this is. I believe this is your man, Jay. What? I, how was how was Herb my man? You know, he, I, I thought Herb was always your dog. Like Look, I like Herb because Herb Herb has a ruthlessness to him, right? When it all costs, like. They behave. They misbehaving on campus. I don't give a fuck. Can they ball? Percy Harvin. I, Percy Harvin is running his unit as a high school as a as a twenty year old. He gonna show up on Saturdays and ball. I don't care. It look look here look look here staff look here staffer. If you got a problem with him, you fight him. Don't want to fight him. Oh okay, okay. <laughs> so um, so for me. Obviously, some of the things that happened with him, um, like the, I think it was Greg, not Greg Doyle, the assistant that he, uh, or, or the strength and, strength and the conditioning coach he brought in that has a history in college of, you know, being a racist, obviously can't fucking do that. Shouldn't do that. Um, the situation happened at Ohio State where he, one of his assistants, uh, you know, had abused his wife and then like him and his, and then Shelly and Herb knew about it and then like kept that on the tuck. You obviously can't do that. That's a fireball offense. Why so it's not Ohio State? But somehow he didn't get fired. Um, you know, like people joke about the whole. Um, I think I think the reason why you say that, like I, he's my guy, is because like I don't hate him for uh, the the heart condition thing when he left Florida. Because like I'm not. If someone tells me they having they having a heart issue and then they go to TV and they go away for a year and then they show up, like. Was he supposed? Was he supposed to know that Ohio State was gonna magically like appear? That like he knew that Jim Trussell shit was gonna happen a year after he had left. The Jim Trussell shit didn't happen in 2011. He left in 2010 out of Florida. That man knew the run was done. He had John so. Brantley in there that was about to go take the ship down, ruin the program, Greg Paulus style. Um, it was. I remember John Brantley. Like it was like people thought, oh yeah, it's it's going down. And then he got a whiff of that, and he knew. It was over. So he, that man was was hiding out for for whatever it may have have opened up at that time. Whether it was Texas, whether it was Alabama, I, I don't know who. It wasn't going to be Alabama because you know Saban had just got there in '07. But a big job can open up at any time, and he just happened to put himself in the right place. And uh, magically, you know, he didn't need no more time with the family. Now, he didn't need no time for the heart condition no more. Well, okay, so I don't know how the health works or whatever else or whatever, and the stress works or whatever else, but, like, I don't know. I can't speak on that. Um, I can't speak on that. 
like my whole thing is like if you don't want, if you want to leave a job because it's going to suck, I ain't got I'm not gonna begrudge you. Why should you show up to work miserable? You got I, the money, I, take your ass on. I, I agree with that, but that's what we were saying it was, and he could have just kept it a buck and say, Yeah, the run's done. <laughs> Here, I'm, I'm say, moving you on. Can't, you, can't say that. you can't say that. You can't come out here in the future and recruit and uh, potentially recruit uh, houses and saying that like, yeah, if shit gets rough, I'll leave your fucking kid on that campus and go and go to Greener Pass. You can't. You can't get away with saying that. And you know you can't. So, should he go back to college now? Right, hey, bro. Who's that? Uh, that is Logan. Logan. That is Catherine's family dog. Oh. Catherine can't hear me, can she? She can't hear you because she's in the headphones. Or I'm in the headphones. Okay, that's a white-ass dog. I always say this every time I see Logan. That's a white-ass dog. <laughs> Tell Catherine I said hey. Jam says hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so as far as Herb, like, to this, let's, let's, let's fast forward to, like, the current situation. Look, basically, Urban's work shows that he will leave your ass in the dust. So, oh, like, yeah. he ain't gotta not yeah. say it no more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I remember saying that it, uh, before this happened, like, as far as, like, what's his extra strategy to get the fuck out of, out of here? Out of Jacksonville? Yeah. And how to get himself out? I was like, hey, bro, like, one thing you gotta remember about Herb. Herb don't get fired. Herb leaves. Every single time. Like, even, look... Uh, you can say about what happened in Ohio State if you want to. He did not get fired. He left. Um, so you look at Bowling Green. He left for Utah. Then he left for Florida. And then he left for uh, the the um, TV. And then he showed up at Ohio State and he left. And then uh, now he's in Jacksonville. So when this uh, joint popped up, in my opinion, I was like, wait, is this another? Is this a new one? Is like I can't hit him with the health. I can't hit him with the heart. But what I can't hit him with is. I got to go check for my family and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, next thing you know, this man's, this man's out here by Compton. I heard coaching the boys, co- co- coaching the Cardinal in gold. Suddenly, uh, you know. Yeah. Suddenly he has Snoop Doggy Dog at the game. Yeah. You know. And Dr. Dre. Yeah. <laughs> um, Suddenly Reggie Bush is reinstated and allowed to interact with the university. Yeah. I think he is now. I think he actually oh, is now because okay. they because they changed and I think I'm pretty sure he is now. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see how this goes. But it's look, like, look, is Texas gonna be open anytime soon? They got rid of Herman last. Remember, they got they signed Sarkeesian this year. That's right. Okay, might we'll have missed we'll, his window. We'll, we'll see. Well, we'll see how far. We'll see how long this blows over. Yeah. Um, but like, look, man, this, that dude is in this millennium at worst, the second best coach in college football of this millennium. Great Um, coach. So, so you can say what you want to, you can say, you can say what you want to. And that's fair. Cause there are plenty of things to say. There are plenty of things that are not good to say and things that like, he should not be hired again over that's happened on his watch at different places. However, cutthroat going to cutthroat and he's going to end up somewhere else. You best believe. Um, and it's going to be a hot spot. Like. We'll see where this where it ends up. Like he's going to back in college eventually, and he's going to be at a big program. People are going to be mad about it or whatever else, but they better learn to love it because I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, but it's going to happen. So be be prepared. The, the only coach that I want to to suffer really is Dabo Swinney. So oh, man. Um, the day Dabo 
falls, we about to have a good grand old time on One Nation Radio. How you hate Dabba more than me? And I don't really hate Dab. I just think he likes. I just think like if, if, if when, when, like when he loses or he gets embarrassed, I just kind of chuckle at it. But like, because for me, it's like I don't, you know, because I don't really think he's some all time X's O's guy. Like he is a program builder, and it worked out in a great place that was coming into money and also was an untapped re, uh, area of the country. So it worked out for him. But oh, like, no. I don't really like if he I, maybe if I thought he was more, I thought more highly of his X's and O games and, and, and deployment or whatever else, I would I would probably like him less. But I just think like, okay, whatever, he's a jerk and kind of chalk it up that. There are plenty of those. Yeah, you know some of the stuff he says just stupid, very just stupid. Doesn't, doesn't very holier than doesn't thou. jive with me. Yeah. So well, you know they, when they start talking about the entitlement, they start playing. If they start paying these players, then, you know I think I'm about retired. You ain't finna walk away for no eight million dollars. You get the fuck out my face. Oh, they're paying players now. What well, fuck you doing now? Where are you yeah. at? Oh, still uh, coaching these dudes. Shut the fuck up. So yeah. I, yeah, from that perspective, I get you. I get you. Yeah. I rock with that. But for me, it's like I don't hate him outside because I like there's a you know how many coaches that actually really feel like that. He just said it. Most yeah. of them. Uh, weird. Can't can't be given, I, can't I, be given the power of dynamics. What, what happens when we make What happens when like we pay them so much money they we can't run them until they puke? You got to keep them broke. You yeah, know exactly. Give them some money, they liable to go crazy. What happens? We can't motherfuck them. <laughs> Red Sox won. Wow, got the Rays out of here to the ALCS. The Red Sox gonna steal a championship this year, bitch. <laughs> so what's the situation with the Braves? Right now, um, I don't. I think the Braves may be up two one. Okay, I'm not sure. All right, it said means I got to run to the Dodgers. So yeah, so good uh, luck with that. Interesting. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't expect the Red Sox get this far, but um, yeah, happy about that. I didn't um, expect anyone get this far. I don't watch. <laughs> I stopped. Like once Derek Jeter in, in uh, 2012 broke his ankle, like or 2011 broke his ankle. I can't remember. I think it's 11 or t- uh, 2011 broke his ankle. Like. I, that pretty much is the end of my fandom. That was like that was done. It's like, oh great, my favorite baseball player of all time is riding in the ground. This is the end of his, this is the end. This is the end. He played one more year. That was that, that was the end. And like I, I really enjoyed the 2013 year, the year uh, when it was basically just a Rod by himself and he hit like damn near 50 home runs. Like I really enjoyed that year because like I feel like a Rod gets too much shit. Like they hate him because he because he made a lot of money and he's handsome and he cares about what people thinks. Oh, gee, what a shitty person! Like, oh, he's a phony. You know, it's like, okay, shut up, you bigots. Like, shut up. Uh, so for me, like, I enjoyed that year. But outside of that, like baseball, eh, it's eh. I and I used to, I used to be just a gigantic baseball fan. Like I grew up watching that shit. Watch NL baseball. Watching the Braves on the Superstation. My grandma nice. watching the Cardinals versus the, the Cubs, you know, like watching Sammy Sosa like twice a week, right? I had, I just, I had incredible timing mm. for for my trip to Boston, right? Because the, when the, the Rays and Red, Red Sox like had it broke my way, right? Mm-hmm. It was ironic because the day we left, they were kicking off Game One here. So when I we were up there, the mm-hmm. games were being played here. I fly, fly back. Game three is the same day in Boston. Um, and the Rays didn't make it back to game five. Like, if there was a game five, I'd have thought about going. It would have been in Tampa. It would have been on the 13th or whatever. Okay. But, um, yeah, incredible. So, um, let's get to this AW, man. So, um, yeah. the Dynamite show last week uh, featured 
uh, got the Super Elite taking on Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, and Jurassic Express. Um, This was great. Um, One big botch at the end, but besides that, like... Like, <laughs> what, what more you want? I, I I think Dave was a little, like, I think he's forgotten about a lot of the matches, the eight-man tags in AEW, because I remember the one last year with uh, Loser Bros and, and um, Butcher and the Blade against FTR and the Bucks. Like, I thought that was, like, absolutely insane. Like, I believe I gave that one five stars, Wait, and this match was not better than that. What happened? Dave said he would have given this five had they not fucked up the powerbomb. Hell no. Nah, right. It, it wasn't that good. Hell no, no. Look, it was great, but it, it was great, but no, it was look, not one of the best matches. Of the year. It was, yeah, like fuck, <laughs> come on, man. Like that's a, and that's the thing with Meltzer when um, and you look at his AEW like uh, star ratings, like it's like this thing where like he just tacks on like a quarter to a half star to everything, or not everything to like a lot of these matches that are very good, like anything that's like above three and a half stars, like he, he's tacking a quarter star or half quarter star or half a star to it. And I don't know why, whatever. Like, obviously they're, they're doing the wrestling he likes, but it's like, nah, bro. Like, you got to chill sometimes. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you throw a Lucha Bros match out there, like they're going to get four and a half. You throw a Young Bucks match out there that they're trying to have a great match, they're going to go get their four and a half or higher. Same for Omega, right? But like, five, nah, that wasn't a five star match. Like, uh-uh. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even consider it. I didn't even consider it a four, I didn't I don't even know why he was considering it four or three quarters. That's wild to me. He gave it four and three quarters. I probably would have went like four and a half. But Yeah. So like amazing. Like Brian. Great Johnson story. Lo- yeah, but it was a great it match. was a great story. Yeah, that's funny. It was a great <laughs> story. Absolutely a great story. Um it reminded me a lot of uh the twelve man tag between um Kenny and Hangman and FTR and the Young Bucks versus Dark Order, um, where you have like the injury and the babyface have to overcome, and they all fight their ass up for eventually number games over uh, over overwhelms them. Uh, in a way, it also reminds me of, like you look at, think of those Shield matches, um, the great Shield matches uh, over time in the beginning of the uh, last decade. Um, just like the the numbers game, telling the story and you just going to ride or just like basically turning everything into like a you know. People just go, going on their own hot tags, more or less, um, before the hills take them out. I thought I thought it was a blast of a match. It's one of it's one of my ten favorite matches of the year in AEW, probably too. Yeah, man. Um, I thought you know I thought Kenny Omega was bumping like a madman in this match. Like he was just taking all the the offense uh, from Brian, from Jungle Boy, from Luchasaurus. Um, I thought Cole played his played his role like really well, especially like bumping for um, they told- Luchasaurus. Yeah, I thought they told really good stories of like, look at look at everybody that has smoke with each other, like right, like Kenny Omega just with the other four guys, he had smoke with three of them, right? Between Jungle Boy and Brian and, and Christian, and then you look at um, Adam Cole, he clearly has smoke with Jungle Boy, um, and and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus clearly has smoke with the Young Bucks over them not capturing the AEW titles, world titles from them or the AEW world tag titles from them. So it was like all of that stuff came into play. And I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Right. Um, yeah. Super match. And uh, he got hit with that BTE trigger at the end, the four way version. So like, you knew he wasn't getting up. Oh like, yeah. yeah. When, when you catch one of those, you see what Jesus Christ looks like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the good Christian boy is sending people to meet Jesus with, with that move. Oh God. <laughs> My bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, awesome match. Uh, 
So uh, I, I believe we've shared uh, who Bad Guy is in the uh, One Nation Radio Discord in the past. Uh, if you don't know, uh, the Bad Guy also uh, has an he has an endorsement deal with the funeral home. So all you fuck niggas, please leave him alone. The, the worst part is like you find out that like he actually was a bishop at church and he was using his church to like to shoot that stuff you're like wait what how is this how did no one find out about this how is this allowed how did the how did like the congregation handle this how is he still on board and like i remember when you found him on facebook and you were like yo ain't this yeah it's him holy shit that's really his church yeah, like this man's a full like uh like now. He's a full like gospel artist or whatever. He he doesn't do the street music at all anymore or whatever, but it it was it was like wow. It was like, you know, I don't know what I had to type in to find that shit, but it's like it's all completely different on his SEO now. It's amazing. But um yeah, super match. Uh Moxley's backstage. He cuts a promo. He said he's lost patience for Anything that takes patience, his daughter's driving him crazy. That's three months old, and she's insane. Uh, well, look at her dad, John. Um, <laughs> he said AEW is his company, and that's his belt. So they're going to have a ladder match. Big CM Punk chance. Punk comes out. Another promo. And he does a fuck-up kind of oh, asking uh, about cheesecake and, uh, and cake. And, and, yep, yep. And I was All like, that. oh, boy, you, you don't want to do that with Philly. Yeah, um, like, they'll, he, they'll he throw he something at you. He rebounded. I was like, how do you confuse Brooklyn with Philly? I don't know how you do that, my guy, but <laughs> good luck with that. He, he talked about how he was a head trainer or a ring of honor. Um, I always hear that, right? Uh, and that was like a two-year period. Do you know of any CM Punk students that, like, were out there or anything, like, that kind of came from that? Like, if, if anybody's listened to the show, if there's anybody you guys know, like, that essentially got trained by punk and went on to do anything i'd love to know who they were because like i just don't know yeah i'd never i never heard of that until um until like that promo no idea no clue knew nothing so of I, it. I knew about that like that was on his best in the world dvd where he was talking about he was the head trainer for rihanna for I like two I years i guess i forgot then long time ago so <laughs> he called out uh daniel garcia and said he's gonna fight him later so a crowd was real happy about that then armed anderson was in cody rose's backyard with the fire in hand literally um he was he had a suit in the trash cody's coming down at like 1 a.m who knows what time it is fully dressed in a suit um armed said <laughs> Give it's me your morning, He's fully dressed in this suit. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what are you doing wearing this at night? This is what you wear when you wake up out of the bed or something. Oh, like, man. let me put this full suit on. Like, he couldn't come out there in regular wear. Like, he's no, like Barney. Like, he's not. like Barney Stinson from uh, How I Met Your Mother, where like he goes to sleep in his pajamas is like is like a, a silk and satin like three piece, and he sleeps in he sleeps in yes. that joint. Always prepped, you know. So oh, he goes man. out there. Uh, Arn wanted the tie. Cody didn't want to give it up. Arn slaps him in the face, gives us a nice gift uh, for any time Cody's acting ridiculous in these streets. Um, and then Cody threw the tie in itself. The implication was Cody's going too soft. He's going to Hollywood. So, like, something's got to change with him. Um, so, last week I came on the show and I said that they were aware of, you know, Cody's 
place now. There, there's like a plan in motion. Like there's something going on. I believe that is the case now. I think even as back as far as like double or nothing, this was not the plan. Like so, I believe in the meantime after double or nothing, and whenever they started to get the, whatever with Malachi Black in motion, something happened. And there's a direction being changed for Cody, but uh, I rewatch I watched Rose to the Top this week also, and it reminded me. I was like, huh? I was like, there there was no like like w- with the stuff with the weighing on the scale and that segment being a disaster and everything. Remember how that match played out? Like this is a coordinated plan from a certain point in time. This is not no. Whenever people try to rewrite. Uh, with Cody like oh it was this every step of the way it was not I'm telling you okay I didn't watch uh, Rose to the Top this week uh, should I watch it was it as good as the last nah, week's episode I mean you can check it out like it, it, how it's long was the show an hour or a half hour it was a half hour show so I mean right. like 21 I, 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 minutes I got, 21, I got 21 yeah. minutes to throw at that yeah yeah I got 21 minutes to throw at that yeah, like, yeah. I, I guess I'll, I just won't watch a fourth Joshi show this week <laughs> Like, um, so yeah, um, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Why not? So we got, we got a video package introducing Bobby Fish to AEW. The one that went up on the road to before this was about twice as long and it was really, it was way better and it was really great. And, uh, they showed him in an MMA cage and, uh, pretty, he doesn't look like a grandfather anymore. Um, (laughs) he, he, he got that fresh Kevin Nash die job. (laughs) And he said Sammy's going to be the, sh- the shortest reigning TNT uh, champion in history. Like, it's messed up now that, like, I think about that stuff uh, whenever I see Bobby Fish. Like, the last ever, the last year of Bobby Fish in matches, I checked, like, because of you talking about, like, the gray on his beard or in his temple. Like, I do check for that. Like, is this man going to come out here looking like, uh, uh, what's your boy's name? Uh, I can't remember. Buddy that was uh, Green Lantern in the 90s. But, um, yeah, so... I, I like the match. I really like the match. If you want to get to the match, or, yeah, or um, it- Sammy Guevara uh, versus Bobby Fish. Um, he gave Fuego a new truck, and Fuego immediately right. wanted to put the truck truck on the line. And Sammy, he was like, "Nah, I'm I'm kidding." And <laughs> then uh, we got Sammy new belt and toe defeats Bobby Fish, and this match was really good. Um, Bobby Fish did a lot of fighting. Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara had to fight back, and pretty much come out with a uh you know a, a finish and out of nowhere pretty much that that shocked him for the win uh it was pretty interesting like to see fish come in here they made him they gave him the the, the video package and he showed up just with a different style kind of like uh like the i think the the criticism that aw doesn't have types of wrestlers like bobby fish anymore has to like that has to go because it starts with Brian Danielson and then it falls down as low as like, you know, I'm talking about just rank wise, like as Daniel Garcia, then there's like Lee Moriarty. There's like a ton of these guys running around now uh, in the promotion. Uh, Fish is here now. Um, just but, wait. Just yeah, wait. There's is, more coming. There, there, yes. Yes, there are. I love it. I love it. Like, uh, I, I've always liked Fish. He was uh, he was one of the he was one of my he was in the clique of like you know the tough white men in NXT that that never division that NXT had going last year, um, and 
like once you know i i thought once he got to the shot in nxt or not NXT, in AEW, like i was like yeah he's gonna he's gonna do well and he's gonna have good matches because like that dude's a good wrestler regardless of the fact that like he is always the genetti in in whatever undisputed era tag team he's in that dude can wrestle um and he wrestles in a way that was like there's you know there's there's grit and meat on the bones and, and soul in those matches that you can feel like the, the, the punishment in the matches coming out with the kicks and the strikes and stuff. And like him versus Sammy, like Sammy needs, Sammy needs matches like that. Like, like Sammy's not, not, a, not soft by any means. He does crazy shit in his matches. Like when he'll do a four fifty uh, or sorry, a six thirty on a ladder bridge. Like you got to take a lot of punishment to do that kind of stuff. You're crazy. But like people are going to, uh, People are going to mark him as soft, just based on how he looks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you've made jokes about his appearance. So I'm not going to say them online. I'm, I'm going to say it over the air. But like, he's going to he's going to have to like fight grown men and in, in um, while not necessarily looking like the grownness of men. And like, I think he'll be for better for it. Like that mirror match was a was a piece of that. Like this will be going forward. Like I would love to see him like mix it up with more guys that have matches like this because it shows the versatility if he can do more than just do ridiculous high spots. So um, I enjoyed it. And like I saw that uh, they're going to do Bobby Fish versus uh, Brian Danielson uh, next, next week. weekend. That's part of my fucking alley. Like just just the 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 WWE Never Division that that never was man. <laughs> we we only you know we only got NXT but you know Danielson could have done that and um we're, we're gonna see it he, I bet I bet he was watching NXT back then and was like man I love to get in there with Finn Balor or O'Reilly or or Fish or uh, Thatcher or Champa or or any of them and he was like I got you know nah I can't right now so I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure he's I'm sure he's happy and like there will be more to come and it's going when some of these people come in I'm you know. I've already been talking about the NXT takeover that's happening at AEW, but like once, 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 once it fully, you know, once it fully congeals and happens, I'll be like, look, man, we had NXT, we had NXT for the longest, and the Ring of Honor guys that came over and PWG guys came to NXT, and then like in NXT 2.0, and they don't want them. Like if you don't want them, fine. Tony Khan will take every single one of them and book them better than the this man ever would have in a million years, and then and then and then. And then I'll be like, look, the same thing that's happened with Aleister Black. You saw you saw how Triple H booked this person. You saw how Viz booked this person. And you see how Tony Khan booked this person. You tell me who has a better fucking idea what to do with, uh, with, with pro wrestling in, 2000, uh, in the 2020s, uh, Vince McMahon or Triple H and Tony Khan. You tell me. So yeah. I just can't wait till more people come over because it'll be more proof of, like, look, they... Uh, the story is apparently like Adam Cole. They wanted him to cut his hair, and he was like, "Absolutely the fuck not!" Like, why you and change his hair? name. Where are you gonna change his name to what? Something else. Oh god. Like those are like That's like dumb. The, the, like like the one thing. That's like one thing that gets him over to that level is Adam Cole, baby. Like right. he would have had a whole new like right. Get the fuck out. It's of almost here, as if they wanted to bring him up and then not get him over. And not use him uh, in that way. It's almost as if like amazing. Yeah, uh, there was a really cool like there was a recovery Spanish fly that I thought it was really cool in this match, uh, and, and they were just standing. So uh, Bruce uh, has a question. He said, "Would it make sense for MJF to go after Sammy's title after his program with Darby?" Um, I feel like MJF has bigger fish to fry. 
like potentially, especially like looking down the road. I think, yeah, I kind of feel like his track is he's he's tracking after the AEW World Title, and like eventually he'll be TNT champion, but like he'll be AEW World Champion first. Correct. Yeah. Like, like he's he's possibly the next heel champion, I think, in AEW. So yeah, um, that, I, that's what I bet on. Yeah. Um. All Maddox, what's going on? He says, um, Daniel McAbey is going to get a dark match, put on a Fulham jersey for a match, and get signed. <laughs> he said, pull a Daniel Bryan and call him Cole Adams. That's, wow. That's Cole funny. Adams. Yeah. That's funny. Or um, Cole Adamson or something like that. Yeah. yeah. MJF versus Punk after full gear. I don't think so. I think that would be like next year, personally. Like, as far as like, uh, when I say next year, like deep into the year. It's going to happen eventually. I haven't really thought about it, though. It's definitely yeah. going to happen. So uh, up next, we got like uh, the men of the year were charged to ring um, because good real quick. Uh, when they do that, I need my Warlow CM Punk match first. I need that. First. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. So um, if you guys caught the first episode of Rose at the top, you guys saw um, during the first commercial Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page face off with Sammy. Um, talking that shit to each other. So before the Bobby Fish match was made, so immediately when the bell rang, Men of the Year came out, America's top team uh, surrounded the ring. Paige Van Zant got in, distracted Sammy Guevara. Uh, Scorpio Sky hit a cheap shot on him. Junior Dos Santos got in there, started ground and pounding. Uh, Fuego ran out and immediately got destroyed. Then uh, Jericho's music played and he ran out with After Hager. Forever. Yeah, there was some ass whooping going on. Um, the... Uh, Fans like saying Judas and basically uh, Lambert told him all to stop. Uh, he said, Jorge Masvidal is a real king of Miami. He's going to be where AEW is next week. And they wanted to match Inner Circle versus Men of the Year and Junior Dos Santos. Uh, and Lambert got molten a lot of the heat this whole fucking segment. Like, I'm not a – like, I don't like some of the stuff Lambert does as far as, like, the language that he peppers in because he's clearly dog whistling. Mm-hmm. But – you know, I think if you're saying like he needs to get the fuck out of here, like you're in denial at this yeah. point. Like, yeah. I, like, I mean, no, like, I, I'm a little, like <laughs> I've I've liked him since since his first promo and all the way through. Like, obviously, he like you mentioned, like he um, you know, he clearly is, it clearly is a lot of his uh his verbiage is like MAGA stuff, obviously, but like it's he he works for top team. Like I'm I'm not shocked by that, right? Right. Um, right. so. Like for me, um, he's he's. I, I think I think of him. I'm just like yo. Like he is super talented as a talker, and like the fact that he was unfazed by that loud ass crowd, and, and the fact that he was able to get off what he was going to say without being able to hear himself think at that time. To- at that point, that was really fucking impressive. And like the part that's crazy about it is like if Jim Cornette was just off his. I was I was saying this to uh, him. If he had just shut the fuck up. He's clearly still a better talker than, than Lambert. He's one of the greatest talkers ever. He could be doing this. He instead, could be doing this. He, he has to do a podcast instead. But, like yeah, us. Like, we are on the same level, James. <sighs> Jim Cornette, One Nation Radio, exactly the same. So so my point is this, like, Lambert is going to win votes for, like, best non-wrestler in The Observer and, like, for, you know, best promo in, like, the One Issue Radio Awards this year, he's going to definitely be nominated, given the run he's been on. Like, and it's like, this could have been Jim Cornette. 
like this would have been a uh what uh what the eighties nineties uh twenty this could have been his fifth decade being an elite talker his fifth decade and it, and it's funny to see money just go out the window. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he shouldn't have said the shit he said um, when he was doing commentary in, um, in NWA. That was, that's the main reason why this isn't happening. But still, it's like, all of this, all of this around him is because, like, he's been talking shit about AEW and been on his, been waiting for, was waiting for him to fuck up. And he fucked up. Yep. Um, so, the... Uh, Bruce also says, um, will Lambert versus Jericho, the program lead off Rampage to go head to head with supersized SmackDown? I don't think so. I think they're going to put Punk there and then possibly transition into that right after because they're going to have Junior Dos Santos. Personally, I don't think that's going to mean much. Same. But, um, maybe, maybe, maybe they think Malfadal just being at ringside is enough because you know he's going to get involved in the match somehow with some physical, some physical. Right. So. So they announced the, um, or there was a terrible verse by Mac, Max Casser in the the pre-tape uh, promo. Like the verse he did on uh, Rampage was light years ahead of this. That was, yeah, like the Rampage uh, thing he did. That was like the I think that's probably the best one he's ever done. That wasn't like shock jockey because obviously you know when he talks about you know Renee is like all right like I get what you're doing. I, I, <laughs> I, I remember that one. <laughs> uh, so then now uh, Shivani was in the ring with Aubrey Edwards. She pulls out the TBS Championship immediately. Everyone on Twitter began burying the AEW Women's Championship belt. Um, <clears throat> they said there's going to be a tournament crowned uh, in January when they move over. Um, and secondary women's championship. I like this a lot better than women's tag team titles because I think if you do women's tag team titles, you end up possibly in the same position that WWE is in with theirs. Obviously you have like, there's no division, there's no ranks or anything. There's random teams being put together just to fulfill a belt requirement. Um, You can put, you can do stuff with this belt where that doesn't adhere to the rankings. It doesn't have to necessarily uh, be the second pay-per-view match um, because uh, like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be on the show. It can be on the show, but it doesn't at the same time. Um, and I'd rather two singles belts personally. I would have rather seen a trios title uh, over this. Uh, yeah. It's like, let's get to it. it and and in, I, in due time, I guess in due time. And, and, you know, I, Joe Lanza brought up the point like, uh, you know, they may have announced this to buffer some of the reaction to a trio's title like, oh, you're introducing another belt for the for the men. But what about the women? So I think that could be at play uh, as well. But roll these fucking trios belts out. Hey. I, I've been ready, bro. Hey, fuck it. Uh, that 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 squad of baby faces of Riho and Stat in um, in Ruby, throw them out there in the trio uh, trios division. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Roll them out there. You you want to watch them versus Super Click? Because I would. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, what do you what do you think about a TBS title? I think this has Jade written all over it. So to keep her away from Brit. Um, I haven't really thought about who's going to be the champion. Um, but you know they you know obviously she's someone that they could, there's a threat to win it. Obviously, so it would and it would make sense if she if, if she did. So whatever. Um, you know, I whatever it is, just as long as it's not Thunder Rosa, just keep keep 
you know, keep her unbelted for now so that she can eventually, you know, over the next few months, turn her attention towards getting back to Brit Breaker. But outside of that, put it on whoever. Um, so Darby did Hell, a put it on Serena Deeb after what she just did with Sheeta. Why not? That'll work, too. Yeah. Um, Darby did a promo with Jim Ross, sat down. Uh, JR was uncomfortable last week talking about uh, Darby and MJF. You know, JR has seen shit escalate uh, before. Um, <laughs> um, Darby wanted to elaborate on why he painted his face, so he retells a story about it. And uh, he, he said his trust and respect for people is low. He faced death that day, but he's still here. Uh, MJF can do what he wants, but MJF, he's seen tons of guys like MJF, but MJF has never seen someone like Darby Allen. I thought this was great. This gave yep. another uh, depth to Darby. Uh, let's, you know, the MJF and Darby thing is like, obviously there's that that four pillars thing uh, in the forefront, but then there's like this also to it. Yeah. Um, another reason I like Darby. Like, you actually feel like you know him. And he has a character and a, and a, or is a person behind, you know, the gimmick or whatever else. And, he talk, and he's actually talking for himself. Um. Yeah, man. He 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 is checking off all the babyface boxes that you need. He really is. Sam says, "Love this promo with Darby. He isn't bombastic, but he is a good communicator. He's super intense. Like Darby ain't like like he's not laughing about anything. He's not playing pro wrestler. Like he's like he's I hate to say it, like he's a real character. Like so, um." Darby got Nick Comoroto out of here. This well, whole thing well, was. I think okay. is. I think it really matters that like his his uh, delivery is different than mm-hmm. this typical wrestler thing. It makes him stand out. And also, like he already looks different than everybody right. else. He right. wrestles different than everybody right. else. So why wouldn't he talk different than everybody else? He wrestles different than everybody else because he does so many crazy things. But at his heart, he's a cre- he's an incredible storyteller. Yeah, like he's just a great baby face. He just is. Yeah. Um, so uh, Darby then beat Nick Comoroto. Uh, most of this match was in picture in picture. Uh, funny thing was QT hitting the diamond cutter on Sting after, and Sting immediately getting up and uh, <laughs> gave QT the Scorpion Death Drop. I died laughing. I was like, "What you think? Sting ain't took a diamond cutter before?" Oh man, so many emotions when he no sold that bullshit. Like so many emotions. All great. <laughs> it's all. It's like. Look at QT like, making you feel good. It was no, no, no. It was like I'm not really want to see Sting versus QT Marshall. Who, who could possibly want to see that? And then as soon as I like in my mind I was thinking like this is bullshit. I don't want to see that. Like Sting was like, "Don't worry, James. You ain't got to see me do that bullshit. We ending this shit tonight." Immediate blow off. <laughs> that yes. was the finish. Got up. No saw that shit. Drop that man on the back of his fucking noggin. Uh, yeah. Just, just, just great. Like. T- look, Tony Khan, Booker of the Year. <laughs> so, oh man, it was great. The Dark Order were backstage. Um, they did like a little pre-tape. Said they vote on shit. Uh, Anna Jay settled them beefing. Then Dante Martin was in the ring with Shivani. Said the last couple months he's been a problem for AW. Issued a challenge to anybody in the locker room. Said he hung with Kenny Omega, uh, and I want to smoke with somebody. And then them lights went out, and I was like, I started looking around. I was like, who could this be? I, and then, oh, you didn't know who it was? 
I didn't. I didn't at first. I fig- I figured it was gonna be Malachi. It was gonna be Malachi, and sure enough, it happened. I was like, just just take it off from my point a second ago. Tony Khan, Book of the Year. <laughs> like <laughs> this man. Res- this man responded like the fucking Undertaker. Yeah. Without without any of the lore or teleporting or all that, he just he disappears, and then he kicks your fucking face off, and then it's on. Like, what's not to like about this guy at this point? What's not like? This is going to be great. Oh, yeah. Um, I seem to remember um, the, and I know we don't talk about this guy anymore, but I seem to remember Malachi Black wrestling a young wrestler that needed, like, a, a push to get him, like, mm-hmm. a match Yep. to get him to the next level before, yep. and, and this wrestler him, that he's he about a, to face. And he beat him, and he gave him a handshake, and then he was, it was on from there. He could have been the champion in that, in that, in that brand. Yep. And, but the wrestler he's about to face now is light years ahead of that wrestler. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, yeah, he is. Um, yeah man, uh, this is gonna be great. Uh, I thought Dante Martin's promo was was good. He sounded comfortable on the mic, which is like almost a revelation because um, I think we never heard him talk before. I don't think never really heard him talk, and he uh, that's was that's what's gonna set him apart because obviously the the next Ricochet tag is on him like i think huh, uh, I it's, been, it, it's been getting around for him i he, think I mean, they his are jumping is beyond uh like just his leapers or beyond what ricochet's leapers were yeah like, I, I think i think ricochet has shit. i think ricochet has more like uh he has, he has better like he's a better like, flyer he's a, he's better, a better flyer he's a better conventional flyer and being able to wrestle a match and all that kind of stuff he's more experienced and all of that but like he just jumps pure, higher. Like the pure ability to jump out the gym, it's is literally like Dante Martin and Montez Ford in like peak Seth Rollins, and like that's that's the only that's thing I can think list. of. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, so um, I expect this match to be awesome. Uh, whatever the fuck they do. So yeah, like, and dude, when he fucking needs him out the sky, it's gonna be incredible. <laughs> it's gonna, yep. he's going to he's going to get knock him out the sky, and it's gonna be great. Yep. Um. So Ricky starts uh, was in the ring with the FTW title. He said this is the same title that was built in South Philly. He's a champion because he got the same mindset Taz had. Um, starts going to challenge him uh, to a Philly street fight, but it wasn't going to happen. Immediately, I started thinking, oh, no. Is Cage pulling a Kyrie Irving? Like, is he banned from the arena? Like, oh, no. And then Cage ran out, and I was like, whew. Like, (laughs) and uh, he attacked Starks, and then um, Hobbs and Hook pulled Starks out. After that, we got roster members. uh, That's set up the Rampage match, right? Yeah. Um, we got Thunder Rosa, Sky Blue, who's like a new pickup, kind of Ruby and Jay Cargo all talking about uh, the TBS title. And boy, like they what look whatever you whatever uh, you want, you know. There's there's Thunder Rosa, there's there's Sky Blue for for, for the youngsters. Uh, there, there's Ruby, you know, and then there's Jay. There, there's you know, what are you doing? Lots of options. There's lots of options here. What are you doing right here. now? What are you doing? There's lots of options for the championship, you know, whatever aesthetic, you know, you want to go with there. So, um, I still yeah. can't believe they're rocking with Sky Blue as a name for, for, for her. Yeah, because isn't that, that never that's, mind. That's a, that's the name of somebody that does different types of uh, forms of entertainment. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Different work with yeah. the body, you know. Yeah. Um, it, another person that's using that as a, as a, as a work name and is not their shoot name, if you catch my drift. Correct. Correct. Someone else um, is flying in for dates. Yes, so, someone that has to be booked. You know. <laughs> God damn it! 
someone that could be a young superstar. You know? Oh man. Oh um, man. So up next, I'm not even drinking the water. Even to say, I'm not even to go off and say something stupid. Even to have you spill my fucking laptop. So hold on, <laughs> go ahead. If you done, you done. No, I'm done. Okay, uh, okay. So we we got Serena D versus Akara Shida before the match. They talked about uh, if Shida wins, this would be our 50th victory, similar to the Jungle Boy thing when they gave him that trophy. So I was like, I don't oh, okay. That. So they gave it to him after uh, he won his 50th or whatever, and it might have been just on YouTube or something. Oh, okay. That's why, okay. You know, I only, so, watch, I only watch the TNT uh, shows. So, uh, immediately I think, oh, she's going to get the thing just like Jungle Boy did, mm-hmm. or whatever. Little did I know, <laughs> so, uh, Serena D was going to, like, systematically destroy her in this match and put her away and beat her. And I was, like, shocked because I was like, oh. And at first I wasn't, like, with it. I was like, oh, man, like, I didn't think that would happen. And then when I saw the execution, it was like, this is fucking great. Because now, Sheeta has a reason to A, be on the show. TV again. <laughs> B, uh, gives her, like, obviously she's not going to be the champion right now, but it gives her a storyline to go after that 50th win and make it mean something. Also, what did that trophy really mean? They just introduced it to the audience right then and there. Why the mm-hmm. fuck do we care about that trophy? Now we care about her getting that 50th win. Um, you know, whether she is injured and she has to come back and face Serena D, whether it's in the tournament, um, whether it's like Serena D wins the title and they're like, yo, your first opponent is Sheeta. And then Serenity is like, fuck, like, I thought I got rid of her or whatever. However you want to do it. Like, it's all there. Yeah. And shout out to Floyd for calling this, like, early. Well, he didn't call it. He just, like, he was rooting for it because, like, if she had won, he he thought it would be boring. And I was like, it's fine. Like, I I don't care what they do. Like, if she comes out and wins, like, I'm happy to fucking see her. I didn't know she she was still alive since she lost the AEW uh, Women's World title. So, um, like, once they did it, like Floyd, uh, Floyd ended up being uh, right in the point of saying that, like, doing this, like, I don't think he predicted a, a hill turn necessarily, but um, it, it livened it, it livened it up. It gives uh, Deeb and uh, Sheeta reason to be on TV again, um, given that like a lot of the women aren't on TV on his basis. So, like, yeah, like that two thumbs up for me, like. It gives it gives the, the division depth in a way that like we've been asking for almost two years. So um, yeah, thumbs up for me, big thumbs up. Serena D broke that thing over her head after. Yes, and that was it. So yeah, and we should. Was it exactly like the one that Jungle Boy won, or was it, it looked just like it? Okay, so what I should have realized was the angle the second I saw it and was like that thing doesn't look expensive. So I should have been. So I should have realized, like that dude, like he, that person, like that looks like a a a um a glass plaque that you win that you end up getting awarded for like being like the regional like if for, for like being the like you saw the most like uh tundras for like Toyota Thon that month. Like <laughs> that's what it looked like. So I should have recognized, like okay, like that's. Yeah, like use that as give me bash it overhead. Like start the feud, run it. So yeah, that's that's your um that's your junior football participation trophy in like sixth grade. 
you know, you were on the team. Oh, you know, man. not necessarily like the MVP, not a standout. You were, you were, you played all the games. I got one for you. This is personal experience. This is what you get like your junior year when like you make it to, to regionals in the state of Florida for for discus. <laughs> it's like one of them. So true story. True so, story. Um, shoot a shoot story. So Leo Rush. We haven't talked about Leo yet, but there. Shout out to Grab City. I believe one of those guys said Leo Rush's gimmick is that he's a scammer. Um, and I was screaming uh, when he said it might have been Reg, it might have been Will, or it might have been um, Phil. But I'm feeling like like Leo Rush is, is being dishonest uh, kind of with, with his with, in, uh, okay. with regards to money. So, so that usually leads saying, to the scamming category. So are you saying that he's a scammer off rip or he will eventually be like exposed as a scammer? Oh, he will be exposed as a scammer. Okay. I'm going to say because at first, like at, at, at the beginning of this, he looks like, you know, he looks like for facing he's getting people booked for matches that he otherwise shouldn't have if he didn't have some type of pool so you know all right so eventually it will be it will be found that he's out here running a fraud okay fine fine fair enough um yeah i'm glad to see leo rush man i'm glad to see him back in AEW after you know he was the joker um i believe that was double or nothing yeah mm-hmm. so um whatever he wants to do like it, it's not too far of a stretch from what he's what he was doing with lashley um but like I just you know I just need to give him the ring because like I need you know I need to run some of these matches I need to, some of these matches ran that I want ran like I want I want the Pack match I want the Phoenix match you know I want the uh, the Dante Martin match you know I want the Darby match I want the I want the Kingston match you know, like yeah I want I want a bunch of matches out of him with people like I want him basically on a I want the Bryanson match so I want um... all that. So speaking of Dante Martin, he then addresses Dante Martin. He says he's a huge fan, but Leo's the uh, man of the hour and LBO Leo. And he sees Dante as an undervalued commodity, and he wants to take him to new heights, and he yes. offers his guidance to him ahead of Dante's match with Malachi Black. Interesting. So um, Britt Baker cuts a promo shitting on a TBS belt, saying basically she's above all that shit, so uh, all y'all can stop uh, you know, talking about me over on the top. You know, but I'll be watching. So up next, we got the casino ladder match to become the AEW world title or excuse me, the number one contender for the AEW world championship. The participants for this match were John Moxley, Pac, Andrade El Idolo, Lance Archer, Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, and... Hangman Page, James, do you have your sneakers on? Uh, they're Vans, but I can make it work. Okay, are you ready to run the victory lap of all victory laps here on One Nation Radio? <laughs> do you want to do it now, or do you want to wait until he's champion? I mean, we could do we could do either, but because I feel like the you feel like if we do it now, it'll let, it'll let you know like how far ahead we are. That we, we're even we're even risking like being wrong on it to stick our neck out and be like that's how right we were. That's what that's like, you want to do. Like the like, defiance, feel, the defiance, I, the the audacity. Like I don't even know like the I brazenness. Like it's, two, it's two different things. It's like people thought he was not going to even get back to Kenny, let alone were them switching the belt to Hangman. Like which we're not, we haven't arrived at that point yet, but. 
I feel like obviously it is coming. So for these people to have been poisoned this badly by whatever the fuck they used to watch mm-hmm. or currently still watch, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how you could watch the horseman style beatdown of Hangman Page on his way out of the promotion mm-hmm. this summer after they do the the big three on one handicap beatdown at the uh, end. Yeah. And, in the, in the the week before in the match, and they let Hangman Page damn near kick out of everything. Mm-hmm. Do you like when people are going off TV? They need to be beaten in almost the most spectacular fashion. You can beat them, so you can use that, especially if you are a good booker. Which this is what happened Moxley, right? Which, which, which if yeah, you can use that if you're a good booker like Tony Khan is to. Bring him back to face all those same people and whoop their asses this was, on the way this, there. Look, One Nation Real, we're a lot of things. We are smart. We are ahead. But this wasn't no. We didn't. This wasn't no incredible. This, this wasn't not obvious. genius. This, this was. This was something you guys could not have seen. Um, I think people just fell in love personally. Like they're in love with Hangman. They've been abused. They've been uh, watching everything else just not work out. Uh, however they want and i think people just wanted to believe this i I think a lot of these people are your fds people like they were like hey man he needs to leave he needs to all the all the bad faith bullshit i started like immediately going on twitter and acting foolish i cut up the clip last week of you and me at different times uh on august 2nd and 9th calling exactly what was about to happen saying that it's going to be fine. Um, w- wondering why everyone doesn't see this. I think people are too far in it personally, and that's not a bad thing. However, when you're coming out, I'm not talking to those people that are too far in it. And they're like, they're really big fans of Hangman page that were really worried about some shit like that. I'm talking to your trolls, your, um, your bullshitters and a little bit to, to the other people as well. It's like if AEW hasn't shown you that, Hey, they're not like these promotions already. Like you have been paying attention. Um, or you're like rooting for underhanded shit to happen because look at it. Like, look at the, t- the history of the world title in this promotion. Mm-hmm. Like um, the two guys that were the first two champions, both got wins over the third champion to establish them. They established Hangman Page and Kenny Omega as a tag team on the third episode of Dynamite. You know how happy I'm going to be when Hangman Page beats Kenny for the belt, and I can come out here and add that to the the Kenny Omega folder of dudes that he made. Like, (laughs) you know how happy I'm going to be? This is not a Roman Reigns fan, uh, you know, still being angry at Braun Strowman for some reason. They should always take credit for that. Like, no. Like, from the second he put the – he put – they put the tag team together. Kenny and Heyman. Heyman's doing all the finishes. Mm-hmm. They're having all these great matches. Mm-hmm. They're winning. They have this dissolution that is kind of weird. Uh, Heyman plays a part in it. Kenny is frustrated with him. Kenny immediately says, fuck this shit. I'm going back. I'm just going to hit the switch and, um, and take off and win the belt within like two months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Paige 
He's got to take the long way there. He loses to Kenny along the way. He loses again. He's going through all this friendship drama. Like, this is looking eerily familiar to me, um, having followed Kenny Omega's journey. They're bu- Adam Page is Kenny Omega. Like, what the fuck are people not seeing, James? I don't know, man. Just a lot of people just are not... I think a lot of people are really, like, um, exasperated by that beatdown um and and you know felt deflated and felt like well you know with the with the big guns that are coming in with adam cole coming in with uh brian danielson coming in with cm punk coming in he's going to be shuffled off and told to go to hell um and you know a lot of in i said i said to see you um sometime last week a lot of places most places would have said all right go get fucked um you know, because we got three acts that are all better acts than you coming in. So, um, I, I get it. Uh, but, um, look, WWE yeah. going to WWE was not the answer. Like, oh, yeah. I, I just yeah, hope yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even feel like we got to uh, spend no time on that one. I didn't even hear about that one. That's crazy. Uh, but, um, yeah, they're going to treat Adam Cole's going to be treated, or I'm sorry, Adam Page will be treated better in WWE than AEW. Are you out of your mind? What? Like, this man has been the personal pet project of the promotion from the beginning. The story of the promo- the story of the Dynamite era so far is is his journey, right? So, speaking of somebody who's like uh, the last few years of a promotion is pretty much their story. Uh, I was inspired, uh, and this is the reason why I have faith that this is all going to work out in the end because I was watching another promotion that like had a long, a long, long, long title chase that eventually paid off this year, and I was like, y'all are tripping, it's going to happen, and when it happens, I'll be so fucking happy, and the whole thing is, it comes down to, do you have faith in the story that they have told you that is going to play out or not? And if you don't, then like I suggest you find something to do besides watching this before they break your heart, or... You got to see it through. And when you, when you see it through and it happens, you're going to be so fucking happy. So um, this is a part from my uh, my my column that I wrote uh, uh, last weekend. Um, or not last week, but I uh, got it up on Friday. Mm-hmm. One month later, Nakano got her chance. After Julia laid a vicious beat down on Unagi, the white belt champion, uh, offered Nakano a proposal. Tam would get the white belt match at Budokan Hall, but... Only if Nakano had the nerve to wager her hair in a hair versus hair match. Tam, the idol wrestler, placed her vanity on the line for her crowning moment. After succumbing to Julia's sit-out uh, Tombstone Power Drivers at last uh, last October, Nakano took Julia's ruthlessness and upped the ante while adding her own flair in the form of a Steiner screwdriver. Devastated, Julia used the last mini fire she had to kick out, and it was already, but it was already over. After 779 days, Tam Nakano became the World of Stardom White Belt Champion in the main event of the biggest show in Stardom's history. And Tam's promise to Arissa was fulfilled. This is why I had faith that this is all going to go around. I was just dealing with all of this shit earlier in the year after a multiple year chase. It was like, they're clearly laying this out. They're clearly going to get to them. It's going to get, it's going to get dark before, before the, it starts shining. The sun start, uh, comes up. It's going to happen. And when it comes through, y'all going to be so happy. But y'all right now are just stuck in this thing and feeling miserable. Like they're not going to pay it off and you're going to be fucked at the end because you've been fucked by other promotions. This, these, Stardom, AEW have never led you believe that like whatever story they're telling of multiple years is not going to pay off in the way that you want it. It's never happened. Ever. Like, so, 
like on a major scale at the top of the card. It's never happened. So either you trust the booker to tell the stories that you that you're watching, you've enjoyed so far, or you want to be the booker. Or you're <laughs> out here doing something else. Well, I'm talking about a good faith. I'm people that are actually actually in good faith and frustrated or whatever else. It's like, look, man, I understand that everybody wants wants these things to happen in a certain way at a certain time, but like sometimes they work longer. And going the longer route, ultimately, a lot of times pays out better. Like, um, and I was talking to Imp about this with Naito. Um, when Naito won, like, that house that he drew with Kenta, the next uh, pay-per-view after Russell Kingdom, it was huge, but the, the world went to shit. So we don't know how it'll turn out, but it was also really good. It was also a hot start. So you know, people that were that were crying in 2018 didn't win when 2020 came around. They didn't have shit to say. They were still just as fucking happy, if not more, get even even more juice than before. It just the pandemic happened. It is what it is. Yeah. Um. So, um, Paige gets a fucking monster reaction when he yeah. comes back. Um, they were booing John Moxley. Correct. So, like, do we have to say loved, anything else? They, they were booing John Moxley because they wanted him to win that badly. They loved this man's draws. Um, and the match was fucking crazy. We yeah. didn't even get to that part. Um, a dead eye, like popped. I don't know. Is he alive? Do we know if he's alive? Um, who knows? <laughs> I ain't seen him since. Psycho you know, fans. so psycho. Um, well, yeah, Heyman wins. Um, great match. Check it out. Um, yeah. Lots of lots of fun stuff like Archer and Moxley. Archer charging the fucking crowd when he could have won. Um, that was that was pretty funny. Um, that was yeah. so dumb, but was awesome. He was like, "You dumb bitch! You're the only person standing in a ladder match. And you hear Moxley as you run out of the ring and go fight him in the crowd. You 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 dunce! You idiot! It was awesome though. Yeah. <laughs> it was stupid, but it was awesome." The latter match legend Matt Hardy, uh, you oh, know, God. came off and did some wild shit and was convulsing. Like he oh, man. he shattered his entire lower body. It looked like yeah, he sold that. He sold that very well. Or maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Yep. Um, like my whole yeah. thing is like think of how think of how bold Tony Khan is to allow uh, Matt Hardy to cut the, to fall off of a high uh, to have a high yeah. fall again after what happened last time. He did. He had a high fall. That's funny. Um. Sam said he's had a lethal dose of poison <laughs> and Moxley should be Hangman's first pay-per-view challenger. Um, it could happen. Um, he could easily uh, win that world title eliminator tournament. Obviously, they're going to have the finals at full gear. So um, they haven't announced Kenny and Hangman for full gear, but uh, he is a number one contender. And you would think looking at the counter, that's where the match will be. Um, and that's going to be one of the biggest matches. And I expect, the title to change hands there um, unless they start pulling some draw nonsense, but I don't think they're going to do that um, again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this seems like it's going to be, here's a switch. So start like, I'll have to start getting the, uh, the Kenny Omega t- championship belt ob- obituary um, ready or whatever. But uh, it was a great, like it's a great fucking rain. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, um, and like I think people have you know I, when Hangman takes over, I think people will be able to properly assess what they saw in Kenny. But I think they 
I think a lot of people may have missed out like on enjoying the ride itself because it was so much of what's next, when is Heyman's time? Because there it was like it was it was exhausting a lot of the times dealing with like you don't know who's talking good faith and bad faith with you about this stuff, but essentially marking Heyman for every time Kenny had a match, it was like it it was just looming over him. It was a good thing that there was a um, logical endpoint because you know so not all champions have that. Like you just think they're gonna die with that fucking thing. Like <laughs> check SmackDown, but um, yeah, like I, I thought it was. Uh, I think people are going to be able to assess this. If not, I'll fucking assess it and then put it out so people can realize what the fuck they saw here <laughs> so um hey, yeah. an impression this wasn't a great title reign like i don't know what to tell you like i don't know what i don't know what you want out of your professional wrestling in, in north america from a hill wrestler i don't i don't i don't know like yeah. granted like yes he yes early on he was doing so many like uh fuck finishes that i was like concerned but he's overcame that over time yeah so um next time you know y'all listen to one nation radio you know, you get just know. Listen to us in real time. Believe us later on. Uh, don't don't do this. Don't act like we're always. It happens. Stop. Oh oh, we we are. You know, and, and if we're not, you know, we we don't clip that part. You know. <laughs> okay. At least okay. There there we go. All right. Um. Yeah, man. So um, where where's next? Where are we going next? Um, Rampage was pretty good. I won't do a full review for that, but I like Punk and Garcia. I think this is the best Punk has looked. Personally, I agree. Um, I in this agree. match, a lot of his his old stuff is coming in. His timing is getting better. Um, it, you know, maybe you, you got to start looking at um, putting him in deeper waters at this point, like with like bigger name talent. Possible? W- would you put him in the uh, in the tournament? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I, that's the thing. If you put Bryanson or if you put um, Punk in it, they have to win. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, you have to kind of come up with something to pull them away in a way. Or, I wish or they you could get a Brian win the thing if you want to, but you know, yeah, you have Brian win, or like if there's some way they can get aligned, like maybe you can do them two versus the Bucks or something. But and uh, I wouldn't do that because then anything the Lucha Brothers do is overshadowed. Like at that point, so um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe I. I think there's got to be somebody lurking around the mid card that, you know, is is there. Maybe Miro, uh, if Miro's not in the tournament or something, like can can get at it with Punk or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I'm not sure who I would have in the tournament yet. Uh, if it's like last time, you would think it's going to be like a eight person tournament, possibly maybe a sixteen person tournament. Not sure. Um, so I'm sure they'll tell us. Um. Jade squash sky blue. Um, not really much to add there. Um, the oh, one thing I want to I want to mention uh, the Garcia and Sam Punk match. Um, did you? I don't know if you noticed this, but um, early on in the match, Sam Punk hits like consecutive, like hits a body slam, and uh, Garcia sells it. And then he hits another body slam, and he sells it. And I'm just like. I know Garcia watches Stardom. Talks about Stardom a lot on Twitter. I'm just like, that is some Stardom ass shit. Like, you saw a body slam like his bloody murder, and then like I was halfway expecting to see him punch a slap on a, on a, on a single leg crab, 
and have him, have him try to fight to the ropes, but it didn't happen. But it's like, <laughs> and then I saw him uh, the other day. He was working on the Azumi, the Azumi Sushi that that Azumi uh, Flash pin, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Like, you know how raw for us you be if you like, I'm going, you know, people talk about uh, Buddy Murphy and, or Seth Rollins and like the New Japan uh, skit or, or moveset, the, yeah. the the stardom moveset. If you do the the, the stardom moveset, you are, you could be, a, you could come out here and be like a top 20 wrestler in the world. You, you really could. Like, between all this shit and like Azumi and, and, and Tam and like Mayu come up with, like, you really could, you really could funny. come out here and scam yourself and be like, yeah, he's such a fucking, such a fucking innovator. Like, look at all these <laughs> flash cradle pins and the shit I've never seen before. And like, I'm telling you, you, you really could be like, nah, man, he, he was just stealing from like the top Joshi promotion in the world. <laughs> so That's it. You know? Yeah. Damn like, hard, the same person's out know? here like, yeah, look like the person steals like Manami Toyota shit. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, I saw the alley cat do Manami Toyota's finisher in a GIF. Are you um, serious? Yes, and I was horrified. I That's was like, hilarious. I was like, you know, Manami Toyota's furious. Oh yeah, seeing she, this. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I gave that shit to Sukasa Fujimoto, and I gave that shit to Sakushi. Nobody else should be doing that shit. Like, remember when she was mad at B Priestley for doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What B Priestley is, or alley cat is not the fucking B Priestley. Oh, <laughs> hell no. Um. Lucha Bros and the Acclaimed have a real good five minute match. Um, that only went five I, minutes. Only went five minutes. That five sixteen. Wow. Um, lots of just like Ray Phoenix, just like it, getting me out my chair, exciting me uh, in this match. Just like his change of direction is awesome. Uh, I thought the Acclaimed, like their interest was was great. They're still over. Um, and you know it was a, it was a uh, nice early rain win for the loser bros um besides that the street fight uh ricky starts from brian cage um this was okay actually it was pretty i liked you know, it i thought it was yeah good. yeah i thought i thought it was pretty good um i i think cage is doa kind of um at this point um stars it feels like stars has beat him like a bunch of times like if he doesn't Pin him, well, yeah, which he's, he's done he, twice. He's beat him because yeah, the numbers. He's beat him because yeah. the number game every time. Like, yeah, that's fine. That's how up. Hills win. But like, I really enjoyed the match. I, I like, I liked when uh when Starks hit the the cage or sorry the leg drop, the running leg drop with the uh, uh trash can top. I thought mm-hmm. it was fun. Um, the blade job after like the way they they trap the uh still door or still door the still uh chair into the uh the corner. And like, Starks ran into it, and it didn't like you know it was solid. And then he comes up blading like I thought it was a really nice touch. I don't know if that was on purpose. To make sure it didn't like it didn't move like it stayed there. Like he ran into a brick wall almost. Um, he came up blading. I thought that was I thought it was good. I like them running out for the save late, and then he uh, cage thwarting it. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the match. Told a good story. The right person won. They protected Cage for whenever Cage like hell put Cage in the Eliminator. Why not? Yeah, he could be in it. Um, but yeah, um, as as AEW this week, I, I think Rampage was awesome. Um, Dynamite was like fucking like they're like, what, what more do you want? Um, lots of lots of great matches, big returns, and it's amazing. Uh, you know, they forgot about Hangman Page. They what about the young guys? What about the? I don't know, man. Like find a new find a new grift. I don't know. 
<laughs> but um yeah i guess there's only one thing left to do james and that is to hit the music <laughs> Okay, man, so uh, Stardom had their Osaka Joe Hall show on uh, Friday nights last Saturday morning, Um, and it was another great show. Like, if you you want a three-hour show where you're going to get, like, eight matches and, like, they're always going to be, you're going to get, like, five matches, it's going to be, like, three and a half, and you're going to get, like... Two to three matches are going to be like in the four and a half range. That's what Stardom has done pretty much ever since um the Grand Prix pay per views. Like they 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 just keep having great pay per views over and over and over. Uh, I I think this is the eighth. Ever since uh, they did the Booking Hall pay per view, I've paid for all of them that they've done. I think I'm at eight, I think we're at eight now since then. I have never regretted for a single second bringing that bread for any of them, which is saying something. Um. Yeah, it was another great pay per view. Um, what were your general thoughts before we go through uh, through the card? That was pretty entertaining. Um, I thought for each level, kind of that you know the matches were on, they obviously fit. Um, super main event uh, with Tommy and Takumi. Just I love watching Takumi Roja wrestle. Um, she's a special wrestler. Yep. Um, let's let's just say that. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, I thought the the mid card stuff was cool, like Suzuki and Kaguma, and um, I really like the uh, the artists of Stardom title match with um, Donald Omando and Queen's Quest. It just felt like rival gangs facing off, like it was uh, fucking Warriors or something. Um, you know, got to see Death in a title match, uh, which is always nice. Um, also, there was um, some good prelim stuff on here too. Uh, okay. So the prelim. Uh, let's go. Let's go through it now. Um, the opening was uh the future belt match. It is uh Sayaka, not Sayaka Matani, Uh Sayaka or Unagi versus uh Roaka, and um match is okay. Like you don't have big expectations in a match between Unagi and and Roaka. Um, they had Roaka like hit her with like. Jump her at the bell, throw her out the ring, run her into the post, grab Waka, uh, and then whip her into uh, Unagi. Um, have Roaka um, boot Unagi like halfway hanging over the bottom rope, uh, halfway hanging off the apron, and then had her, you know, uh, rock on the on the uh, on the apron, hit her with a freaking uh, senton that just just gross, um, and then you know. Unagi fought back, and then Oedo type ran in and cheated with uh, with the help of the Goonery, and then uh, Raka ended up hitting her uh, fisherman suplex, and then hit the uh, refrigerator bomb off the top rope for the win. And like, yeah, yeah like, Raka, Unagi's on to bigger and better things. Raka did a few Bray Wyatt like moves, like that quick cut off uh, splash in midair. Um, she does like that little senton that he does, and yeah, um, she he does or she does do the senton running off the ropes. Yeah, then Nagi had a couple cool spots, but this wasn't like her night, as you mentioned. She's um, 
uh, on to bigger, better things. And this is supposed to be the future's belt. Right. Um, so Rocco doesn't really. Thir- yeah, she's 17. She just turned 17. And then like uh, Unagi is 31, but she was going to, she's in year two of wrestling. Yeah. So it was like, Rocco that was clearly does- artificial. Like they were just putting a belt on her just to put a belt on her. And, and it was that Lady C that came out there and challenged her next? Yes, Lady C. Yeah, she cut her. Uh, she cut, had a haircut like uh, during the the Tam Unagi match, I believe. Um, Tam did a dive and she was catching on the outside, uh, and she ended up catching like a boot or a, or a knee and ended up getting like split above the eye. So like she had to patch out. She had to patch for like the last couple of weeks, like Slit Rick. Um, so like she cut her hair like in bangs to change her hairstyle. So that's probably why you didn't recognize her. But yeah, um, that was Lady C. So she's gonna get her, her uh, a future title shot like literally uh, what six weeks after she got her first win. So that's fun. Like Amazing. she's she's really improving. Like I think she's gonna be good in two years. So Sam says he's been grifted about the music for years. The magic is all in post. Yes, it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think he knew that. Um. Yeah, so yeah, yeah like tag uh, match. Roaka, I think ultimately like it's gonna be Roaka ends up getting uh, transferring the belt over to Hannon. Um once Han once Hannon comes back because Hannon's gonna be in tag league with Mayu, so um because Kagumi is gonna be tagging with Hazuki, obviously. So uh so next match after that you end up having um Cosmic Angels, Mina and Mai versus uh the Marvelous Gang, Maria and Rin Katakura and what what do you think of the uh, of the dancing? What have you what whatever you do? We need to talk about the, the amount of dancing that's picked up in stardom of of the last like week or so. Uh, this was uh, this one wasn't as as funny as like the the one later. I thought yes, but, uh, agreed, definitely. It it was it was there. It was um, I see I see Marvelous got their um got their win for the car since yes. you know like this is purely like just a, like uh, just like Ceiling got theirs at Budokan Hall. Yep. Like, we going fifty fifty. Um, yep. Yeah, like I don't really got much for you on this one. This was just eh, this was just okay. Yeah. Uh at the press conference, Mina was such a dick. She was an asshole. Like she was like she she drew up those pictures like she did of like all the other wrestlers in the Grand Prix of Maria and uh, and Ren and was like Here, here's your pictures and then she's like, you know, uh Ren the only time you ever talk is when you talk about Mayu Batani. Um, you don't even go, you don't even go here. You're in marvelous, but how about this? After we beat you, how about because you know you're in flux with your roster in marvelous? How about like I come over there and help you all out? She was like, she's the asshole. She's been an asshole to the press conference, and then like Ren came out there and whooped their ass, and then Ren you know put the marvelous sign in her face, and they slapped each other back. So I think they're gonna have a match eventually because you know there's a lot of shows coming. Like they're doing like four pay per views before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. uh they're they're gonna. I think they're gonna have that ma- what that match on uh, one of these, and like this should be a good match. Like, I think I think Mina's like flat out good now at this point. Like flat out good. Like not a she's really good in tags. Not a not like she's really good in short matches. I think like you can put her out there for like tw- you can put her out there for like twelve minutes or less, and she'll be good. Um. So her versus Ren, why not? Ren Ren will kick your head off with super kicks for to death. So um. Yeah. Like. And Maria Team Marvels end up getting the win. Uh, they they end up being the shot of my uh, to get the win and protect Amina in uh, rematch for the future. So uh, I believe the next match after that is is your time, Rich. Uh, the high speed title match: Starlight Kid versus Death Yama. Or, sorry, uh, Fukuken Death. 
man. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so, so Def came out. Uh, she hit the camera with a newspaper. She gave me the energy of Pac spitting in the camera um, with that. <laughs> and um, what? It, you know, just just when Def comes around, rules about to be broken. You know, we we we're not doing things oh the traditional way. You know, uh, it was a good opening sequence in here. Uh, Death put on a, a nice short heat segment, a lot of roll pin attempts, um, really cool senton off the top rope um, that looked devastating, especially. Uh, yes. And this was uh, Odeo Tai versus Odeo Tai, and they decided to actually go for it because the belt was on the line. Uh, it was more than points at stake. Uh, <laughs> Kid uses this tombstone looking drop, but like more like a body slam yeah. uh, to beat uh, Death. Um, they show a little bit of evil person respect after the match to each other. And I think this was just a match to uh, add to Starlight Kid's aura. Uh, and I don't know. Can we just call her the leader of the faction now? Is it? I mean, it-, it should be. Yeah. Like, keep in mind, like, we were talking about this a year ago. So we're in October now, right? So, like, when, when Konami turned on uh, Jungle last year, we were like, yeah, make Konami the, the leader of Oedo Tide. Fuck this. Um, this NASCAR tour stuff, right? We were saying this then, or I was saying this at least. It never happened. Like they, they didn't, they didn't transfer over her, even though she was clearly the best worker in the, in, the, in the, that faction at the time. And they were the only, she was the only one that was being protected at the time. Um, so they bring a star like kid and Tora, she tore ACL, unfortunately in her, re- you know, back in June, no, not June, but, uh, 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 4th of July pay-per-view. And like, gotta say, uh, it is a lot more easy, uh, digestible, and, and more fun to watch without uh, tour around. Like, get well soon and all that. But like, when she comes back, she needs to like readjust whatever, or reassess like what the fuck she was doing for that for you know um, a year and a half. Because like Starlight Kid and Konami, um, in in Fukigen and and um and Rocka, they're all better workers than her. They're all better workers than her. Like for her to be at the top of that shit and have them shitty matches, like no, no. Get that shit out of here. So, um, one thing, one thing I want to say, like there was, uh, there was some really cool stuff in this match that you didn't mention. Like you missed out on the part where like, uh, kid like runs and tries to go, comes off the road with a, try to hit it with like uh, a step up her Karana and like death just power bombs her. Um, there's also a spot where kid gets on top of her and goes for, it hits the code red. And then like, uh, death reverses it and gets the, you know, the Rana cradle Kid kicks out because she, but because that was like the last for fire to get that reversal, like death is dead to rice. And then like kid gets up and just hits the double running knees to the back of her head. And it, like the meteor to the back of her head. It was like, they're, they're fucking good. Like, uh, I forgot how long this is probably like less than five forty seven. Yeah. Three and a half stars. It's a fantastic fun ass match. Um, now, so next match after that, the queen's quest versus Dom Dom Mondo, uh, trios title match. Um, so, Azumi, an entrance. Azumi shoots out up from uh, out the stage like Rey Mysterio Jr. and Kota Ibushi, and I pop, I pop like crazy for it. Uh, Who's like, that jumping out the sky? A Z M U M. What the fuck? How you spell her name? A A Z U M I. Okay. Yeah, so, Who's that jumping out the sky? So I had noticed uh, earlier in the show there was a trap door. So I was like, who, I wonder who's going to use a trap door. Uh, so the Starlight Kid on her entrance, she used the trap door. She used it like she walks out. She has her old, uh, her old shit. We got to go back. We got to talk about this. Her entrance, she comes out. She has her old like garb from when she was a baby face from in stars. She has her old mask, colorful, colorful stuff. 
She goes down. She goes down the trap door to hell. Yeah, comes back up, and she has, and then she comes back up, and she has like the liger, the the Jushin Thunder liger start like hit over mask, and then she has the like the 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 cape looking like Darth Vader and shit, and she comes out to ring, and like she broke that mask out for like the, her first when she won the high speed title. It's like this is her thing now. It's like the high speed title it connotes the junior heavyweights in New Japan. And it's like, you know, she met with Liger and all that kind of stuff. Like, clearly, there was, you know, some talk about this. Like, I think it's, I think it's fucking cool when she comes out for these high speed titles with Liger shit on. It's just, it, it, it's a nice touch. And like, lately, all this stuff Starlight Kid has been doing has just been like knocking out the part. Like, and when she goes down, and she goes down the uh, the the, the uh, trap door, you see the video or the Titan Tron in the background playing like her basically like. You know, shoving Mayu away after Mayu went through that fucking gauntlet match to try to win her back, and she's like, "Nah, I'm staying heel." Like, Evil. from a present from a presentation standpoint, like she might be the best wrestler in Stardom as far as presentation of what she's doing right now. Like, she like her turning heel might be like one of the best creative decisions of the year in all of, in all of professional wrestling. Like, this went this went way better than I ever thought it would, and I thought she could do it because she was aggressive. But like, it's it's just been it's worked out like game busters. Um, so. Getting back to the trios match. Sorry. I was going to say, I had had some notes for the match, but go ahead. Yeah. Getting back to the trios match. Like, uh, the trap door come, or, uh, Azumi shoots out the trap door. They got a new, uh, Queen's Quest flag. Azumi's, uh, her, she's in her, uh, the gold version of her, alt, alt version of her gear. Looks incredible. Looks like, just, just awesome. Uh, so then, Donald Armando comes down and they all have, like, their, uh, this is a staple of uh, the trios belts, like because the belts all have three colors of the one, the light blue, the pink, and the uh, orange. Like there have been a lot of teams that have like dressed their gear up to match the belts of uh, the colors of individual belts, and like that's what Micah did. She's in orange, uh, Naspoi's in the light blue, Hameka's in the pink, and they come down and they got like flags in the color of the belts, and they're swinging them around and they're dancing, and there's new music. Um, and like they're all happy, and they get in the ring, they start doing their dance. I'm like, pop style, yes sir. These boys went commercial, or these girls went commercial. Love it, love it. Um, so, 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 so QQ, they came out. They were like a serious gang. Yes, looked like they haven't laughed in weeks. Um, Donald Domando, the good guys in all white, smiling and dancing. Yes, what's not the like? Um, I think Queen's Quest. Uh, they ha- they're an awesome triple team move doing team. Yes. Um, kind of, you know, their own version of like anything you see with the shield or the elite or something mm-hmm. like that. I think Momo, um, she kicks people like their bodies aren't even there. Like she's, she's going to kick, right? But your body's in the way. It's going to hit you, but like her foot's not going to lose speed or anything. Um, I have that in conjunction to say about something else later. Um, I like the Zumi and Natsupoi sequence. Wonderful they counters. That, they save that for later too. Exhibition style submissions. A million cradles. Um, I thought Kamatani was awesome. She has all the moves. Once her peak like change of direction ability kicks in, she's going to be a problem in a good way. Um, yeah, like this was awesome. Like this, like I saw the um the graphic. I was like, yeah. There's not like a single tag I don't want to see in right. this match. Um, and they also told a story throughout it. Like, so match starts out and they were going to start with Micah versus Kamatani, who, you know, they're, they're career rivals. And then, um, 
Momo gets in, but like Momo and Micah had a thing from before the uh, the early beginning of the summer before the Grand Prix, where like Micah was trying to convince uh, Momo to come to uh, Donald Del Mondo, it never happened. So like they start wrestling, then um, you end up getting Momo and Hameka in at a certain point, given that you know that awesome match they had during the Grand Prix, where they're basically like it's kicks versus like clubs, and like they they display that from parts of their match, and then you get. Um, Nasapoy and Ozumi in, and that's basically like a replay of their Budokan Hall uh, opener, and like then they tied all back together by getting it eventually back to Micah versus Kamatani, and like Kamatani, like when they were in the future division in the at, uh, the end of the last half of 2020, like Micah was on top, and then this year because of the the final of the uh, Cinderella tournament in the um, their Grand Prix match, like they're now caught up. It's two and two more or less against each other, and like. Micah, like, it, like she was dead to rights in, you know, in Comtime's about to hear with the Phoenix Splash, and that's what gets involved, and then, like, they start fighting again, and, like, Mecha, like, hits her with a lariat that sends her, you know, flipping, and then hits her with a freaking, uh, and goes to get her up for, for Michinoka Driver, Kamatani escapes, it's a Flash Rana, uh, Micah kicks out, like, Mike gets back in control and hits her with a Michinoka driver, and then was like, "Nope, not even want to go for a near fall. I mean, you want to? F- I'm following up with another one and drop you on her head again and gets a pin." It's like, and then Mike, like just like that, is like, "I am back in control of this rivalry." I thought I thought it was a nice touch. I thought I really did. Uh, I gave it four flat stars. I really enjoyed this match. Same. Yeah. Hazuki so. um, versus Kaguma was next. They yes. had a great video package putting mm-hmm. all this together. You don't even need to speak the language. It. Pretty much shows all different points of their careers. They came up together young. They showed her stepping away. Uh, her meaning Hazuki showed her coming back. Showed Kaguma in her early stages. And clearly these two people have some type of shared history. Yeah. So I'm here to give you the, 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 the gist of it. So when they both... Uh, so Hazuki just turned 24 in the last like couple months, right? Uh, Ancient. And- Right, second come back for second retirement at twenty four. So, um, they they were they lived together when they started out. Like they were living together, um, like they were in the same room dorming together. So, like when they started in stardom. So, uh, the story is that in their three career matches against each other, singles matches, Kaguma's three and zero. So. Um, then they show the video pack and then they show during a part where like, uh, Hazuki during her retirement from the, um, the 2019 year in climax, like you see Kaguma, this is the first time I ever saw Kaguma, right? Um, when she walks out and you know, everyone's changing gifts and everything and wishing her well, everything you see Kaguma and like, she's just like beside herself tears, like hurt that like Hazuki's retiring at 20 at that time, 22, 21, um, 22. So like, that's when I ever saw her. And then, like, I ended up watching uh, a match from a couple matches, whatever else, after that. Uh, so I, I always knew who that was. So then, like, Guma comes back, like, back in the uh, the spring. And then next thing you know, Hazuki comes up, shows up in, like, late August. And, like, they're having a match or whatever else. And it's just like, maybe Kaguma, like, maybe Kaguma coming back helped facilitate Hazuki coming back. And if so, I'm forever grateful because, like, uh, Hazuki came out. And Hazuki has new music, but she comes out and she has like literally the gear that she retired in the white, like her championship white and pink gear that she used to always wear in championship matches. Um, she has a kimono on the old Edo kimono and like on the back of it, it has her name, but it also has like 
the Kagetsu half half moon thing, crescent moon, and I was like, that's a nice touch. And it's like, and the music is hard. Like Hazuki is this. She's walking out like this is like the biggest arena she's ever worked in, and like she you can see her looking around like this was like God damn this building's big as fuck. And like I was just so happy that she was back. And then Guma comes out and they wrestle and it's like. And their match reminded me so much of, like, the 2019 starting matches as far as, like, building out a match and then, like, and just the way it was set up. Like, it, it felt like, in a, in a way, like, matches don't really happen in stardom in, uh, in this way. Like, it used to be, like, a stardom house-style match that, that that this was. And, like, Hazuki added, like, Kagetsu touches, like, the, the tope out to the floor, um, the, uh, um, the break up, you know, someone gets you up, you basically throw their hands off, you hit the double punches and the soul button, and you go with a kick, like, so she's taking a lot of stuff, she's taking some of the stuff from, um, from Kagetsu that's gonna add to her repertoire, she already has a huge bag of stuff, but, like, two, two years off, having, like, a damn near, you know, a high three-star match with Kaguma, who, like, all she has is, like, cutters right now and high-speed stuff, and this was, like, this was not a high-speed match, it was, like, a paced-out normal, like, match and it's like that's the reason why i liked hazuki so much at the beginning like in 2019 i started watching it's like she has paces she's like she knows what she needs for the time and what's given like she can have a high speed match at super fast pace she can have the big building match at regular pace tempo or whatever else and like i'm glad she's back and like she wasn't like, she missed a couple strikes like but for the most part as far as the grappling and the wrestling she's still super on point and We'll see where she is six months. Like she might end up being like one of the five best workers in uh, in this uh, promotion again. Like in within like next few months, once she knocks off this rust. Um, I, th- I thought she looked good. Um, same. I I want to eventually see her versus Starlight Kid again. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Because I remember what that was like before. Yeah. And Starlight Kid now is way better now. Is way better. So yeah. that's going to be incredible if that happens. But this was a nice story. Um, this was a perfect mid card match, like right to transition you from almost everything you saw before this to everything you would see after. Um, and it looks like you know there's a lot of motions on display, especially yeah. after the match. I believe I heard something like they may be teaming together or something now. Hazuki thanked her and then asked her to be her tag partner in tag league, and then um. <sighs> Kaguma, just 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 a great dork, was just so overcome by emotion and tears of happiness. Is like you know, I I I think the cap, the the uh, translation I saw was like, I know I should be upset that I lost, but like I'm just so happy that like uh, we had we could do this and you're back and like pro wrestling's awesome and like and you can see the way it, you if you see this clip or the way her voice is trembling the way she breaks down multiple times, you're just like. She, this woman is beside herself again. Like she just overcome, <laughs> overwhelmed by the emotion of the of the moment, and it was fun. And once they like the commentary team laid out, and this, this is all was there was no English commentary; it was only Japanese commentary. So like they laid out, and Jagusa Nagayo is doing uh, commentary. And when they cut back to when they had to cut back in after that moment, after they hugged again, after saying they're going to be in tag league together. You can hear the uh, you can hear two of the people on the three two or three people on the announce team like crying. Chagusa, the guy was literally in tears and like she's like she's trying to get the camera off her because they're putting the camera on her. Got your crying like get that shit off me and like they caught her slipping. They actually caught her slipping during um 
uh, the tag match that had uh, Marvelous like when she was in the dark because she was crying mm-hmm. when she was out. She's like, "This is the biggest venue like my my girls are gonna ever be in." Yeah, uh, and she was she got emotional then, and like they, they caught her again, and she was like, "You just fucking camera off me," <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> uh, it was it was like the best. It was the most. It was the best. You know, emotional moment of the night. It was it was really fun. It was really cool. Like I'm glad that like I'm glad Azuki's back. I, I'm really am, man. Like I'm just glad she's back. I'm just super happy. Uh, so uh, next match after that, um. Shuri oh, so- versus Shuri- Saki. Yes, yes, Shuri versus Saki. So got some notes the, on so this as well. During the dark match, um, Saki was in a tag match with Rena, and um, they won. And then like Shuri was doing commentary, so Saki called out Shuri because obviously Konami match got canceled like the day before or the day of because Konami has or it's postponed because Konami has enteritis, so acute enteritis. So. Um, they're delaying that. Hopefully, she gets well soon. Um, and they did Saki versus Shuri, and Shuri carried Saki for as long as she could. Uh, in or I won't say that like that because Saki's not bad. Like, but it clearly was one of those things where it's like I'm wrestling a, a wrestler that no one really buys. Like, actually, like sticking with me, so I have to make it work because I'm Shuri. She did a good job. Like, um, you know, Saki. I kind of t- wrote about that a little bit. Like, okay, go ahead. so this, this is a nice shock um, for me because like. Like I guess either like the the jet lag was hitting me at this point from uh, flying over the weekend, but like I was getting a little tired at this point during the show, and then I heard mm-hmm. Shuri's music sprang me right back into action. <laughs> um, so I want to ask about Saki. Is Saki the value over replacement wrestler in Stardom? So are you saying if someone's worse than her, they stink? Yes. Um, given the effort level, I would probably say yes. But the thing is, like, if Saki wants to have a good match, she can have a good match whenever she wants to. The problem right, is, right. like, given her given her card placement and being, you know, next to uh, Tora Nunasco is like, don't care. Um, but yeah, she she's good when she wants. She absolutely is good when she ever she wants to be. Saki had a look at the beginning of this match, like I know nothing I'm about to try is going to work. <laughs> So fuck it. I'm about to just whatever. Like it is like a undermatched basketball team or some oh, shit. Man. So Saki, she does the Tupac Shakur lay down and, and and try to attack offense and she laid down all she had to do was do the kick. Um but uh Shuri in in comparison to Momo's kicks Shuri doesn't kick you where she doesn't kick through you. She kicks right where she wants to as hard as she can. <laughs> um, yeah, Shuri kicks you with no abandon. Like she might be the hardest kicker in all of pro wrestling. Uh, she she beat Saki's ass pretty much, and then Saki did like a quick comeback, mimicking some of Shuri's offense, which included like a a, a slap in a ground and pound position, um, just repeated slaps, left and right hands. Um, Shuri lit up Saki's entire left side with kicks before she did the Brock lock, essentially. And then uh, I wrote down, Shuri's officially the new owner of the figure four lay lock because it looks <laughs> absolutely brutal. And then she did the classic, after I beat her ass, I'll shake her hand. Yeah, yeah. It was um, at another finish. Like, oh, imagine... Like, imagine Shuri needed another submission finish. Like, she has, like, four of them. But, uh, yeah, like... Uh... Saki, she threw some kicks. Um, Shuri caught one, hit a uh, a dragon screw leg whip, and then slapped on the, the figure four and, and made her tap out. Uh, yeah, like, 
I don't think I don't know how long that match went. Probably less than ten minutes, but um, it was fun while it lasted. Like this was better. I mean, this was just like you know, um, this could have been a undercard uh, Grand Prix uh, match. Um, but you know, I can't wait for the the P, the UWF rules Konami Shuri match. That shit's gonna go off. Like I saw Shuri in a Gleet match against uh, you, Big U, and mm-hmm. man, like. Because it's basically a point system. Like, so, like, if you get a submission, you make the ropes, that's one point down. Like, you start with a certain number of points, and you go down, right? If you get, like, a knockdown, that's one, and you get back up, that's one point. But, like, you you sell knockout, you can sell knockdowns, like, knockouts, and whether someone can beat the 10 count, um, almost like last man standing matchup, actually a real count. I think um, they got that in Fire Pro. Dude, like, I watched this match with, um, I watched this match with you, and keep in mind, you's just a judoka, right? She's not, she's not a striker, really. So, um, Imagine that shit with Konami, like, that shit's going to be great. Like, obviously, it's going to be more than five points, but, like, because, you know, them, they'll probably do 15 points, but um, it's going to be great. It's going to be great whenever they get to it. Um, So, uh, next match after that, the white belt match, Tam Nakano versus Mayu Iwatani. Dude, this match... Went to a draw. This match is 30 minutes is better than the Shuri and Utami's first 30 minutes. And it is one of the very best matches in stardom history. No one is going to remember it in that way because it went to a draw in a time where they are doing too many draws. And I understand that you don't want to build towards the biggest match you could probably you probably put you can put on for your uh, domestic fan base um, on effectively two weeks notice. So I I, I'm, I get why they did it. However, if that match with that brutality has a fucking finish, we're in discussion for a five star match. Like it is one of the very best matches to start. Like it it's 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 one of Mai's best matches. Is 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 Bell to Bell is one of the best matches of the year. Um, it's incredible, and the selling is awesome, and the story they're telling is awesome, and like the in the in the the run to the end is awesome, and um, it's just it was a gut punch by the end, bro. It was a gut punch, like ah, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. I, um, I... Yeah, I I wasn't feeling it on that level. Like um, this match is fucking awesome. But like, I think the draw stuff like has gotta get reined in a little bit, especially like where every big show it seems like there's like gonna be some type of draw, and it's like damn near is gonna be like, hey, if there's a big first time match somewhere, it's probably gonna be a draw. That's what it feels like at this point. Um. Or like a first chapter of the story thing, it's going to be a draw. Um, I don't think it's a deal breaker. I think it's still a very good match, you know. There, but I think you know it's something to start. I, I it's a crutch that I think it's an I think is an off speed pitch you should use that should never be actually in the rotation. Like and. I think they've they've leaned on it too much, but I get why um, they're I get why for in this particular situation they're doing it. Like, what else? Are, what else could they possibly put on for Mayu or Tam 
bigger than the Sumo Hall match and them doing a rematch of this after they have a fucking awesome match like this. I get it. I just like you didn't have to. You didn't have to go to that. You could have. You could have. Uh, because we're going to get to the uh, uh, the people that Tam had the league losses to to eventually set up rematches for all these pay per views they're about to do to end out the year. Like you could have, you could have figured out somebody else. You could have um, to make this work. I understand. Like this is the quote unquote build after what happened with them, where like, Mina gets hurt, so they couldn't do any Cosmic Angel versus Star stuff for the for the last the first two months of the year. I understand that, um, but this was. This was this this that ending was just like I can't this was the believe meme. that they went to a draw. Like this was this was the meme. I was this this deflated me worse than the double uh deal with uh Unagi. I'm sorry, with Utami and Shuri. This hurt me this like bothered me more. Like I just I was more like I can't believe they went to a draw. Like because all caps I'd say is you god damn it dude <sighs> they t- like you watched this live oh my god dude I was on the edge of my fucking seat for like the first for the entire match like <sighs> I'm gonna have to do it I'm sorry Rich this man wrote 1600 words yes for Rossi to be like you see these two <laughs> little fingers James I even think about this that, one man. is for you I even and then <laughs> And then this one is for anyone that thought we were going to get a clean finish. These two right here, you know. Look, I- I'm going to have to do it. So, Rich, you got to lay out. Like, throw, jump in when you want to jump in. Matt starts with a 70-second stare down, and the crowd was absolutely here for it. Like, to begin with some Matt Russ and Mayu tries it for a heel hook. Tam quickly counters uh, into the uh, into her own leg submission. Mayu gets the ropes, and uh, they cleanly break. Tam shoots for a double leg. Mikey sprawls and quickly gets the Tam's back for a sleeper. With the hooks in, Tam makes the ropes. Uh... Mayu lightly PKs uh, Tam in the ribs, or sending Tam scurrying out to the floor. Tam uh, uh, gets back and reverses out of danger. Uh, sorry, gets back uh, and reverses out of danger and lands a, a head kick and then a high angle German for two. Mayu sells neck damage. Tam stomps on the back of her neck and then slaps on the guillotine with the hooks in. Mayu makes the ropes and Tam spikes Mayu with a DDT and then a swinging neck breaker that sends Mayu scurrying out the ring. Tam brings Mayu back to the floor, uh, or back into the ring and then uh, to slap on the neck crank. And she eventually just starts repeatedly bouncing Mayu's head into the mat, and then pulls Mayu over the top rope to the uh, out to the floor with a seated uh, dragon sleeper on the top rope. Tam goes for a diving crossbody off the top rope to the floor, but Mayu counters with an anti-air super kick to, to Tam's bad ribs. Uh, Mayu gets back into the ring uh, just to drop kick Tam right back out to the floor, and it goes for a tope, but Tam gets to the apron and punts Mayu's head while she's in the ropes, and then. Uh, gets Mayu and grabs a, and hits a spike twist and shot on the apron with the bad neck. Uh, they trade forearms out on the floor until the ref Daichi tries to break them up twice. Each time, Tam and Mayu shove his ass to the concrete to get back to training until Daichi eventually just shoves them back into the ring. Uh, they continue trading big forearms until Mayu hits a super kick and Tam fires back with a black mass. After uh, after they fight um, and escape some suplexes, Tam hits four consecutive rolling high-angle German suplexes. Uh, Tam goes for the kill with a tiger suplex, but Mayu escapes and hits a flash dragon suplex to stave off elimination. <laughs> uh, Mayu goes for a buzz side kick, but Tam trap blocks it and then clubs the knee and then uh, hits some uh, basement roundhouse kick from the floor uh, and then kicks Mayu in the uh, it ends up kicking Mayu in the mouth uh, and Mayu sells it as if like she's got her teeth knocked out. 
they trade unprotected basement roundhouse kicks from the from their backs until they get to their knees and start trading clunking headbutts, and then they end up to their feet and they trade slaps to the face. Tam exhausts herself after their flurry of slaps, and then Mayu PKs her in the head for a two count. Uh, Tam goes for a moon. Oh, sorry, Mayu goes for a moonsault. Tam gets out the way and hits her with a bicycle knee that sends Mayu rolling out the floor. Tam goes and uh, hits the crossbody off the top rope to the floor. Tam goes for the Twilight Dream. Mayu fights to the ropes. Uh, Tam comes off the opposite side and V-triggers. And then hits another bicycle knee. And then finally goes for a Tiger Suplex for a near fall. Tam then goes for the Big Face Joker, the, t- the Steiner Screwdriver. Mayu escapes and hits a Crucifix Bomb for two. And then follows up with a Reverse Rana for a, two- for a near count. Uh, Mayu goes for a second Moonsault attempt. Tam moves and goes for a Bicycle Knee. But uh, Mayu moves out the way and they both collapse. And then you get the 25-minute call. They get to their feet and they're trading head kicks before they uh, both spill out the opposite sides of the ring. They both beat the nine count, the 19 count. They trade forms. Mayu lands a sling blade, goes for a frog splash for a two count. Then Mayu hits a head kick and a dragon suplex for a near fall. Then finally hits her moonsault for another near fall. Mayu goes for a, a second stage, uh, a two stage dragon suplex. Tam wiggles out, hits her flash uh, cartwheel uh, roll up. Mayu reverses it and then grabs both legs because they're so close to the ropes that Mayu, that Tam uh, can easily get it. And and uh, Tam kicks at two point eight. Uh, they both double slap each other and collapse with like 20 seconds left. Tam gets Mayu up and tries uh, twice before hitting a hitting the Steiner screwdriver. Mayu kicks at 2.95. Tam wraps up Mayu in the Twilight Dream and the bell rings before she could drop her. I fucking love this match. Like, but goddamn it, give me a finish. I'm begging you, give me a finish. Uh, how do you how do you want to see him get beat, James? <laughs> you stupid. Yeah, man, just 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 beat somebody. Just beat somebody. Like. By that point in time, I just—if you just give me somebody getting beat, whether it's the the, the second moon salt, um, after they've been building towards the moon salt, and like Tam has avoided it twice, you you do that—that's one right there. If you get um Tam, you know, finishes in time to get hit her with the uh, you know, the twi- the, the Steiner screwdriver, and then the uh, Twilight Dream with like seconds to spare, that's a perfect finish too. Either one with like less than with under. 45 seconds left would have been like perfect perfect here's your four and three here's your four and three quarters plus or whatever else whatever people want to bait like this match was fucking awesome and brutal and like when they start throwing when they like start throwing uh the roundhouse kicks from their backs trying to get up to their knees and then they start headbutting each other with clunking for uh headbutts from their knees and they get to the feet and they're training big slaps. I was like, God damn, this match is brutal. Like they sold it like it was brutal from the start to finish. They sold like um they sold like the injuries they gave each other with the ribs. Uh, like Mayu hits that that moonsault on them ribs. It like she was fucking done. Tam was fucking done. Like my or Tam was going over all them German all those suplexes and obviously the the the, uh, the Steiner uh, screwdriver was the play on after working neck. Like they the brutality the selling. Like it was an awesomely built match and it wasn't like a a, a sprint out of just trying to do a million uh, near falls for sake of it. Like. I, I thought this match was a masterclass in like, just give me a fucking finish, please. <laughs> please, man. <laughs> Fuck. This match is fucking awesome. Oh, man. Um, <sighs> and the crazy part is, there's probably a better match on this card. <laughs> yeah, I like the main event more. Um, Utami versus Takumi Aroha. Now, some of the drama is taking out of it, I think, naturally with Takumi sometimes in the title matches because. She's not ever going to win the belt, but 
she does her damnedest. I, I think to, there's a possibility she could be a transitional champion to avoid like having someone lose so they can do a rematch between two. But like, I agree. Like yeah. they could have Utami. Like they could like if they. Like, it, I would not have been shocked if Takumi had won, then faces Shuri, and then you get Shuri versus Utami. Like at whatever the first big show they do of the of, the, of next year. I, that wouldn't shock me, but. We all kind of figured it was going to happen, though. Yeah, um, this was incredible. Um, I thought like so the the draw they did, <laughs> the other draw, uh, led into this match here, and it was like there's tons of big moves, emptying the gun at the end of the match. Um, Utami getting desperate and working over Takumi's like recently repaired, uh, surgically repaired uh, knee. That was also yep. a huge part of the story. Like we've never seen Utami get desperate in that way. Um, Utami came out with the new music, um, and that shit was like some ultimate final boss like shit. Like I thought I saw you make a comment like it sounded like some Ilya Dragunov would yes, come out it, too. It absolutely does. <laughs> I was like, what? She Russian now? She Utami Volkov? Yeah, like, that shit sounded like... It's not that it sounds the, bad. It's like, I don't... Uh, it sounds okay. so epic and, like, yeah. the end of the movie, like, bad guys about <laughs> to come out. Like, yeah, all that. Um, but this this match ruled. Um, they were, you know, it was like running three versus the move Utami does. Uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's like her spinning powerbomb Black type bomb. deal. Okay, yeah. And it was like, who was going to hit it first? And they just kept reversing out each other's um, version of it. Great Splash Mountain. Takumi, like a surgeon with the the feet, essentially, uh, as normal. And this was just like a really great main event to add on to Utami's title reign. Like, this shit is like great. Yeah. And there are people that think that like Utami and Tam are boring. What? Yeah. I see, I see it like, dude, do me a favor. When you get a chance, go to Cage Match and look at Utami's uh, Cage Match rating. You'll be like, what? Hold on. 8.35. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. In a vacuum, that's not a horrible rating, right? However, I think, and this is something. Given the year that she's had. Yeah, I think this is something I think you can apply to not only sports, but wrestling too. Is like narratives last a lot longer than what you're actually seeing. Like people have trouble identifying change in real time. They have to look back and realize, oh shit, it's things are not the way they were or whatever. That's true. And I think maybe a year from now, people will start to pick up. Uh, and th- uh, this is a good example. Like Tai Chi's this way, also, right? Like next year, I think people will pick up on the f- the the fact like of what Taichi a lot of people now? have known for years. Yeah, like what people have known for a while now about him. Um, yeah, like it takes a long time to change a narrative about you, regardless of you know some of the work that people are doing in real time and mm-hmm. I, I think what we're good at on this show is calling hey the change is happening look um yeah. <laughs> baker tam nakano b Priestley, um mina yeah um, i'm trying to think of other people that we're like they, this person is way better 
Uh, there's been a number of those. I I mean, it's the thing. I think the thing for me is just like, where do you think she started at? Mm-hmm. Like, like in the first month of her career, she had a four and a quarter match. In the in the Grand Prix final against Mayu. She's a month in her career. Who the fuck else is doing that? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking Rich, at some of these. Which, when we saw her, I met, when we saw her in New York City, you gave her, you gave her white belt match a, uh, with, a, with Momo four and a half stars. I gave it four and a quarter. She, yep. at that point in time, was what? Less than a this. year. Oh, okay. Uh, let's do this. September, um, October, November, December, January, March, be- before it even officially got. So let's say, yeah, she was seven. She was six, seven months in her career when she had that match. What maybe are, it's what? just her. Maybe it's her stoic kind of nature. Like, like she, she doesn't jump off the page. She doesn't really like pull you in. But I'm like, yo, she fucking fights. Like the match. That's what the matches are for. Like, what, what I will I say know. is this: she is a she is way better as a singles wrestler than a tag wrestler. Mm-hmm. She is, but the problem, but the, but the thing is, like, ain't the singles match matches that what we all mostly rate people on anyway? So how the fuck is she a three? Only an eight point three? Yeah, there there are people that are. I'm, I'm reading like some of the the reviews. It says she's got maybe some of that Roman Reigns stuff uh, going on with. Oh, people uh, upset about her push. Oh, fuck that, off. That well, no, like that she doesn't really like connect with people like as a baby face and. Stuff like that, like, um, I don't know. She's one of the I, best. She's one of the best sellers in the world, though. So it's like I, I don't. I, okay, like, say for me, for me personally, I, I, I can get like younger her the issues, whatever else. But once you start reeling off every rip, like you win a title at a, in a four and a half star match or a four and a quarter, four and a half star match, your first defense is four and a half stars. Your second defense is like four flat stars. Uh, your third defense is like four and four four flat to four and a quarter. Your uh, next defense after that, I don't even remember what she did at uh, for, the hey, four show. I, oh, the B Priestley match is almost four and a half, right? Yeah. The then the, the Shuri then, match. then the Shuri match is, is like one of the best matches of the year, unquestionably. It just has a shitty finish. Like if that match has a decent finish, we both give that match five stars easily. Right, uh, most people and shit. Yeah, people thinking it's like it's like the third best match of the year uh, amongst like the wrestling nerds. Then um, the match after that, she has a good. She has like the best match you see out of NASCAR tournament. She turned into NASCAR tours or ACL. Then she goes on this run in the Grand Prix. That's fucking awesome. The last night, or sorry, the the first night she has a uh, a four star match. Second night she has like a, another uh, four star match. Uh, the the final she has a four and a half star match with Tam in the final night. And then she has this match. What the fuck are people talking about? I'm looking at her eight title matches here, and it's uh, they're all fucking bangers except for one. And it took somebody having to tear their ACL to not get it. Yeah, I, I think people were mistaken on this one, James. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you um, if you don't if you don't think that she okay, I think the problem is people are are misconstruing her being a having a draw sense of humor uh, with like her not being charismatic and it's like I think this keeps happening with western fans when it comes to Japanese wrestlers like I don't think that Sonata 
or Micah or Utami are just fucking sticks in the mud. I think these people have I think these people have a a a calm demeanor about them that doesn't portray like they're juicing Thunder Liger. And that's okay. Not everybody can be Tanahashi or Jushin Thunder Liger or, or Tam Nakano or anybody else is ridiculously or, or Kyrie Hojo and it'd be ridiculously charismatic in that way. Like there are layers to this and like I feel like there is a calm charisma to this person. Like I guess that's similar to Roman Reigns thing. It's like it's there, I guess it's not in the traditional sense of being there, but like it's there in like People are misconstruing as them being boring, and it's like, look, man, you can be as boring as you want to. Once these fucking four and a half pluses start reeling off, we gotta change what we're saying about this person as far as move to move, action to action in the ring. This person gets it. Look, she unquestionably. Was, there was a list um, that came out. I forgot who ran it. Um, there was like the top twenty-five wrestlers under twenty-five. You know, who number one was Utami Hayashista. Like, <laughs> and I had described her. Um, to Swerve, who had not seen her work necessarily. Um, and I told him, she's going to be someone we're talking about. Like, they talk about the women from the 90s. Like, she's, like, going to be a legend. She's like, 22, I think. Yeah. Or 22, 23. Yeah. Because she's, she's like, at least a year older than Momo. No, no. So, that means she's, uh, cause, yeah, she's, like, 22 or 23. Yeah. Like she's gonna get all the big title matches. The Booker clearly loves. This her. isn't her first. This isn't her own. This she's going to have another run after this with the belt. Like this is her beginning run. Like she's going to. Like she's not necessarily the ace right now, but like she's going to get another run. That's going to be a quote unquote ace run, and it's probably gonna be better than this. And it's like, who the fuck else has a better title run than her right now, this year? Yeah, it's um, Omega. Maybe Omega. Maybe and who else? Uh, I would definitely put her above Roman Reigns. No one's broken off the top rope um, in any of her matches. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Shingo, uh, yeah, stuff like Sh- that. Shingo's like, definitely worth mentioning, but Shingo didn't have the Shingo's only had the belt for like half a year. Yeah, like she's like she's coming. To, this is like a year with this shit, right? Uh, November fifteenth will be a full year. Okay, so. So we're like eleven yeah, months man. in. Yeah, man. Like I, if I that's like it. the narrative that's out there about her, I think those people are. I don't think that's um, overall narrative, but I think like you know you see stuff online like and it, it, I've seen enough of it where it's like there is a there is a hive of people that th- think like she's boring, and I'm just like, dude, I don't like maybe maybe she's not as uh she's not like the most like versatile like, like is it like, fun? Why is it not fun to them watching her wrestle? Like I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Maybe like she's not she's not flashy, but it's like neither was Jungle, and it's like yeah, she's not traditionally as charismatic as Jungle was, where she's all this heart and passion involved or whatever. It just push on, right? Just out, just out in front and like screaming and all that kind of stuff. But like you give, I feel like she has these fucking war, these bomb throwing contests with other women that are you know like of her of her you know uh, let's say discipline if you will, and then like they go to the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like I just so I don't understand. I just don't understand it. Like I, I get having a taste, or whatever else, but like in in the tag stuff. Because granted, like I did not like the the her and um Utam or sorry her and uh, Kamatani's tag matches and when they were tag champs. I did not. Um, but like Utami's a singles performer and like she has great singles matches. She does. So it's like okay, she's not a good tag wrestler or or the greatest tag of tag wrestlers. Who gives a fuck when she's a singles champion and she's having these kind of matches on a consistent basis? 
Right, right. <sighs> but anyway, uh, so I, I, I missed the, the after ranting off about um, the Tam and Mayu thing. Like after that match, uh, Tam more or less like gets on the mic and is like, I can't believe that like, why why have I spent so much time trying to surpass you when like what what for what fucking reason? Now, they're both there in a heap, just fucking just destroyed. Um, so um, I forgot what I don't know what Mayu said after that, but she walks off and then like Unagi shows up and she's like, hey. Remember when I beat you uh, on a, on some fluke shit at, uh, at at the first night of the Grand Prix? I want my title shot. And Tam's like, "If this is what you want to do, <laughs> all right." And so they're set for um they're upset, they're set for the soccer the uh, the Kawasaki Super Wars, Rich, at uh, the, yes. the pay per view in November third. Uh, uh, so going after um, going to the main event again after um, Utami hits. Uh, Takumi and wins after the uh, the Black Tiger Bomb. Um, Hazuki shows up and says, uh, "I would like a title shot." Uh, and then Micah comes out and given that Micah um, beat her, beat Tommy in the first night of the Grand Prix, she was like, "Hey, like I actually beat her. Like give, I want my title shot." So I, I'm assuming that like they were, uh, so they gave it to Hazuki. Well, so the card came out. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to talk about the two top matches. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, you're gonna Tam and Unagi, which is like oof, uh, that's a real big spot for for Unagi. Uh, and then um, the main actually that might not main event. They might put the SWA. It's gonna be match. Utami versus Hazuki. Yes, yes. So they're giving it to Hazuki, and that match should be great because oh my god, like I don't think they've ever wrestled in a single match before, um, and like just just the stuff that Utami can do throwing Hazuki around and like. Hazuki, big match Hazuki is fucking incredible. So that's gonna be fun. Um, also, the SWA match that's that'll, that's probably what's gonna actually really be going on in the summer main event. Shuri versus Azumi. Azumi. Um, they continue like you know their Robert or not or story from this year where like it's just like they have great matches together, great chemistry, and like it's about time they put on a big stage. Like this is this this is the biggest match of Azumi's life in theory. Um, and uh, it's. Right, we already know how it's gonna go off. You yep. already know what's gonna happen. I, I can't. I can't wait for another big Shuri match. Yeah. So I was stolen from. <laughs> yeah. Over this past weekend. Yeah. Um. So, uh, like I said earlier in the show, like there's four pay per views uh, to end out the year. Um. There is the, the the November third Kawasaki Super Wars. There is the, um, November twenty seventh. Tokyo Super Wars, and then um, and on October, I'm sorry, uh, December 18th, they're basically doing like a one-year anniversary of their Osaka Indian uh, Arena um, one show from last year where they had the Otami and Momo match. Um, December 18th, the Osaka Super Wars, um, and then they'll have the uh, Sumo Hall show on the 29th of December. So, um, yeah, man. So, Rich, you are, so Rich, when are they going to have the Dunedin Super Wars? Hey, whenever they have them, I'll be there. Okay. You know, um, so I know people wanted um, us to talk about The the Rock on, <laughs> on this rap song. Uh, I actually did a reaction video, which will be uploaded on my YouTube channel. Oh, I'll man. make sure I get the link to James to include it in the link to the show notes. So right. You'll get my thoughts as a MC on this, but uh, it was quite comical. Uh, just as a preview, seeing it as how, like, you know, I don't necessarily associate the rock with rap, 
I don't know, you know, it, it don't like quite jive for me, but um uh, The Rock was in college in like the early nineties, so that tells you like what his age and is and how he may sound delivering his words, it may not necessarily um align with the youth. Um <laughs> um did did you happen to hear it? Did did you just catch it on Twitter, James? Did you listen to the song? I saw a video clip of him rapping a few bars, and I was like, why is this old nigga rapping like a young nigga? (laughs) I was like, what is, what is, this is, you know what? You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the future? Do you remember the future, uh, the feature that, uh, that Common was on, on a, on a Big Sean's track, and it was Indian Man calling himself, he called himself Cadillac Common. I was like, why is this old, why is this old nigga rapping like a young nigga? Like, this is, this is when the common sense joined the Migos. This is when the Dwayne joined the Migos. So, yeah, oh, same man. thing. It's just like, I, I get it. It's fine. You know, it would have it made more sense if that man was, uh, you know, hip-hop. It started out in the park. <laughs> <laughs> we used to rip and run until it used to get dark. <laughs> Yo. I, um... I kind of talked about um, so oh, it's man. it's Tech Nine, it's two other rappers, and then The Rock's the last verse. So like the Rock rapper with Tech Nine, yes. So oh, like man. that's why he was that's oh, why he was man. rapping Keith, fast. Man, look, bro, I'm telling you this right now. Keith leaving to play the shit out of that. Yes, bro. <laughs> yes, yes. Keith Lee's <laughs> gonna enjoy this. Uh, you know, between the Tom McDonald songs, he's gonna throw this oh, one on. Uh, it's full stadium music on the chorus. Two other guys on there. I was talking. I was like, "Yo, if you're those two guys, you have two jobs on this. A, don't get out rapped by the Rock. <laughs> Two, you can't, you can't take that back to the trap. You cannot no. take that back to the hood. Nothing. <laughs> like, like don't get out rapped rap by, by the rock. rock. He don't even do this. Right. And B, and B uh, like just, just sound. Oh man. Just you know, just kill it as best you can mm-hmm. because. The, you likely this is the biggest like look so you ever, yeah yeah you yeah. might ever be on yeah. right yeah. you got a lot of eyes on you and mm-hmm. i like the whole song is like nothing but like fast rap so it's like it's nothing i listen to on a regular basis or anything but um i encourage people to check it out i'm putting the reaction video up and there's you know i do my own commentary over it and tell jokes and shit like that so it's uh it's pretty funny oh man the Rockets started rapping in 2000. Yeah, bro. Like anything, anything can happen. So, uh, I, I just want to know what helped him with that verse. The Rock claims that he wrote the verse and he did it in one take. I don't believe either of those things. Look, man. I, look, The Rock is a worker. Whatever he says, I'll, I'll right. sure. That man, like that, that man is working the gimmick. Like he said yeah. on the Young Rock show, ain't no fucking way, no fucking way. Like this man out here, like punching in, like it sounded like, like there ain't no way, bro. None. I've been rapping too long. No way you, you roll out of bed and just do that in one take your first time. Like I don't care if you had seven bucks in your pocket. I'm glad he didn't say that in the rhyme, God like, or else, or else I would have like thrown my headphones off off the um joint. But um, yeah, I don't care if you're the hardest worker in the room. Ain't no way you walking in on your first time. Uh, rapping that damn fast and, and just doing it one take. Get the fuck out of here, Dwayne. Look, man, I you know I ain't got really much to say about about the thing. I only heard of, like the 
first like four, four maybe I saw eight bars or heard eight bars, of it, but whatever. Like I was like, okay, um, I don't know what this is for. Like, what was it for? Was it just like just to do it or just to do it? Like it's right. like, and and he, you know he promoted the liquor in the video, so mm. you know it's probably a commercial for, essentially for that or okay. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't expect to hear no rock mixtape no time soon. I, I do not. But want it's mixtape. 2021, so stranger things have happened. I do not want a the rock mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> do so, you want a the rock mixtape? Because I do not want a the rock mixtape. No, thank you. Yeah. So, like, John Cena had to be furious when he saw this, right? I, I mean, I don't know. You tell me. I, I don't know. Look. Wiz, god damn it! <laughs> yeah, he did do that. Wiz, what a why they had you punch in and do that, man? Um, they should have never let Cena spit with Wiz Khalifa. What was the what was the what was the dismount on his verse? He's like some on middle finger. He's like I'm holding the other one. I was like, okay, yeah. buddy, okay, buddy. Um, I guess some bars dry up when you can't say homophobic shit, huh? I'm telling you, just tough. Cold in the D, but uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to rate this one or app you're using to listen to this with, um, and also go to Red Circle and drop yourself a donation. Um, we work hard for you. We just gave y'all boys like over uh, damn near three hours. Um, Great reviews. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. Was what else are we supposed do, to do? Talk? The bits on Twitch, uh, all that shit. I don't know how it all works, but there you go. Um, Twitch. Yeah. that's what I forgot. Um, also, uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Network merchandise. Um, and check out the other shows on the network besides One Nation Radio. You got Keeping a Strong Style. You got the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. You have Roman Wash's shit. You have uh, the Grape Consequences Podcast. You have um, 8-Bit Suplex. You have All Things Elite. And you have Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.